broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. get this out of the way, like directly out of the gate here. It's going to be a whole day of awful things. I have here, this is just a brief list that I made before we hit the air today. I have uh, the worst phrase you're probably going to hear all week. And it's directly from the Survive It and Drive It contest. Unsurprisingly, perhaps. It was something I got a phone call about yesterday. There was a phrase uttered yesterday at Survive It and Drive It that was so, so disturbing. It was just so deeply unnerving. That the person who witnessed the uttering of this phrase couldn't wait to get on the phone and share it with me. So now, today, I, little man, will share the phrase with you. Uh, we'll get to that. We have probably the worst show business story. And, Tim, you know exactly the story I'm referring to. Yes, yes. We have the worst show business story. I was sitting in uh, my kind of big stuffed green easy chair last, uh, last night, which I have at home, which was where I sort of go over the news one final time before I go to sleep because I'm an anal retentive freak. And there's a list of headlines you don't really ever expect to see in your life. Among those headlines is... Blank reveals... She had sex with her own father. And And it's not the girl that you're thinking of right now. (laughs) No, it's not. And here's the thing. I could actually think of at least two... It it could be. I could think of two other female celebrities that would... I was going to say fit quite comfortably in there, but that seems like the wrong way to put it. I can think of two other female celebrities that you might expect that headline to be about. And I wasn't expecting it to be about this celebrity that it was. So we'll sort of fill in the blank there uh, later on. Uh, so we've got that, and then we've got this uh, series of awful noises that Aaron Duran has put together to use on the Survive It and Drive It folks later on. We'll touch base with uh, Greg Nibbler and, uh, and Tim Rick, because you guys were out there yesterday from 4 to 6. Yes. And I know that Greg had assembled at one point, like a CD, he just put together this long playlist of terrible noises and sounds and sort of like German marching band music. And there's a whole lot of things that were put together with the sole intention of kind of driving those folks even further off the edge of the mental collapse. Somebody came up with a theme from Full House. If you looped it over and over again, it would drive people. But not me. I could listen to it all night. It's one of my favorite TV themes. You know what I could not listen to all night was that that insane clown posse song. Oh, yeah. By the time that hit about minute 12, I, I, look, I hate to not be a team player, but I just tried to turn that off. I actually left the webcam going, but I had to mute it. I muted it, and I went and I put. I just put on something soothing. I have this uh, I have this sort of playlist I put at home that's just a lot of low, droning, kind of ambient music that's meant to just wash all the thoughts out of your brain, just leave your mind squeaky clean. That's what I had to put on after hearing that insane clown posse thing go for. I mean, it couldn't have been more than 10 minutes, and I, I could just feel my brain turning into so much gelatinous goo. It's all very unpleasant. All right, well, I, I think Greg put together some of his uh, German family's favorite songs also. <laughs> the Nibbler family's favorite marching music. All right. Here's a little ditty with which we went into Poland. Uh, it is the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. It's four minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this the month of September, the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming by. Uh, it is uh, Wednesday, and welcome to Day 12. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. If you want to be uh, part of the show, it's 503 503- 
228-4101. Or you can text at 52051. And uh, you can email as well. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or Greg Nibbler can be reached at Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, at KUFO. Dot com. All right. Uh, what else is coming up today? We have Al Jean, executive producer, showrunner, writer, co-writer, uh, general overlord for The Simpsons. Going to be with us in the uh, 8 o'clock hour. Ryan White, music editor from The Oregonian, uh, is going to be here. We'll talk a bit about Pearl Jam. Their show is coming up this Saturday at the Amphitheater Clark County. we got a, a pair of tickets for that show we're going to be giving away as well. Uh, I asked Ryan to put together the five most depressing songs he could come up with, uh, with the goal of further weakening the mental resolve and emotional condition of the folks still left inside the, uh, the truck for Survive It and Drive It. So Ryan has put together the top five most depressing songs he could come up with. Got a pair of tickets for you to see Kiss as well. That's going to be sometime today. We'll give those away. That show is November 7th. 17th. And at 8 o'clock, we will, I believe, be speaking to Dustin, who was the first guy that kind of pulled the ripcord yesterday. It was about, um, I don't know, it must have been around 11 a.m., something like that. I mean, it was really, it was like 27, 28 hours into it. More, I mean, more pizza for everyone else. I mean, it was, I mean, it was really just one day, basically. Tim, is your microphone actually on? How about now? There we go. That's. Um, wait a minute. Turn your microphone off and say something. Something. Yet I'm still hearing him in my the right channel of my headphones. Oh, uh, we need to unplug the mystery cables, don't we? Oh, uh, yes. I'm sorry. I forgot right. about the mystery cables. Ah, uh, that could have gone poorly. All right. Done. Not that I would use pornography in the studio. No, of course not, Tim. You're not a street teamer. Let's welcome to the uh, Rick Emerson Show now the lovely and uh, talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello. How are you? Uh, how are you today? Oh, I'm glorious. Having a bit of a morning. A bit of a morning. My, um, you know, I went and got my bike. Fixed yesterday, and of course that means this morning it wouldn't start. It wouldn't work or wouldn't turn on. <laughs> function. Is it made by General Motors? <laughs> no, I don't, no, no, I don't. Is it so. a foreign? It is, Tim. It is. Uh, it, is. it is made by a country that is not America. That's mm. that's that's why, Sarah. It's uh, shoddy workmanship from uh, ex- part of the lazy French. That's, that's exactly it. <laughs> so, so I spent all morning trying to get it to start, and then I, um, you know, kept trying to kickstart it. Flooded my engine. So then I had to go and get my bicycle, and then of course I I promptly smashed my shin on um, on one of the pedals. Oh. So you're really happy to be here and awake. I am excited. Excellent. Let me tell you. Can we just say this? So yesterday you had to take Sarah had to take her bike home to take her motorbike to the garage to get fixed. You know, to the, the repair place to get fixed. Because you are obliged to use your motorbike because your car actually isn't working at the moment. <laughs> With my car. So pretty soon your legs stung. aren't going to work either. By the end of the day, you're just going to be a head sitting in a hospital bed somewhere because everything, all of your means of transportation will have disintegrated out from underneath you. And then, yeah, you haven't getting... tried the rascal yet. Oh. <laughs> I can get you some crutches. And I'm getting my car fixed on Friday, hopefully. Are you really? <laughs> are they gonna... fixed, I mean they're probably going to like crush it. Set it on fire? Yeah. No, no, no. We fixed it for just a metal cube. Oh, I'm sorry. We thought it was one of the Clash for Clunkers. Uh, well... So it was a bit of a morning, and I was I was so excited, and so I, I woke up early, and I'm like, I'm so excited to ride my bike to work, and of course... This morning, you were so full of innocence and life. Yeah. You were so young this morning. And then after that, I, my morning was full of profanity and pain. Awesome. Yeah, around 4.45, uh, we were talking this morning, and finally somebody said, I wonder if Sarah's going to be here today. And I called you, and no sooner had I called you than I heard the door open, and I could... You know, sometimes the door opens, and you see, you catch like half a second of somebody's facial expression, and you think, well, things have gone badly in their life today. I'll tread lightly. Uh, all right, it's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. So just to recap today, 
I have a terrible noise montage put together by Aaron Duran. We ourselves, by the way, will be trying to find the worst noise in the world. Our goal today, by 9 a.m., is to have the worst noise in the world. Isolated, figured out, quantified, identified. Aaron Duran uh, sent us an early submission. Really? Well, what I would choose, anyway. All right. Well, we should, we'll, we'll kind of go around the room later on try to figure that out. So we got the worst noise. I got the worst phrase. Maybe I'll give that. Maybe I'll reveal that before the end of this segment. It was something said at Survive It and Drive It. The worst celebrity headline and uh, the five most depressing songs ever. That's all coming up today. So gather around the wireless, won't you? At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 508. Today's high will be 88 degrees. Not as bad as, what, 95? As I was driving up to, uh, to the event yesterday, the thermometer in my car went from 92, 93, and then by the time I got to the coupe, 98 degrees in hell. Now, does your uh, does your car have the, does that the, that's the outside temperature, That is the right? outside temperature, and it just used on my dashboard. Okay, all right. Now, you have the air conditioning in your car? Uh, no. Really? No. That surprises me. I know. You know, I very seldom used it because of why well, I never used my car back in the days of the old show. Right. I had no idea it didn't have air conditioning now, have you had because that? I never drove it. How long have you had that car that you drive oh, now? Oh, jeez, about 10 years. Okay, now did it's you... It's long been paid for. And most of the time during the early days of the show, I didn't even drive it. Did you get that car when you moved here? Did you have that in California? No, I bought it here. Okay, I that's... bought it from a woman in Damascus. All right, that... That makes see that makes sense though because if you had that car in California, it would be inexplicable that you did not have air conditioning. No, uh, I, I had a new broken down car every year in California. <laughs> so the so you're taking the uh, the car from. Uh, so how long did it take you to get from your place to survive it and drive it yesterday? An hour and forty five minutes. Oh wow, an hour and forty. And you probably there was I would guess at least two sections of that drive where you just came to an almost absolute standstill. Yes. Yeah. Right, right after the 26th, after you go through the tunnel, and then it was okay for a while until I got to the Lombard exit, and then it barely moved until you got to the Couve, and then there was like a quarter of a mile where it was fine until I hit the exit for SR500, gridlock for no reason. And then you're just asking yourself, like, why are all these people on the road? Where could they possibly be going? Well, there's a higher unemployment rate in Clark County than there is here. So they're just joyriding. <laughs> joyless riding. <laughs> I was going to say, in Vancouver, joy, is it's really a relative concept there at best. Let's get in the car and go drive around Mill Plain. It'll be very exciting. for. And, and that's no the way one. people felt, apparently. Uh, and it's because if you don't have air conditioning, you're sort of counting on the fact that you can roll down the window and at least get a breeze. But then that's not really the case either because you're trapped between 15 canyon arrows on the highway that are going nowhere. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, James Eschenkloss, the half-brother of the late Jackie Kennedy Onassis, was freed without bail yesterday after pleading not guilty to charges of possessing and duplicating child pornography. Why is he here? Apparently the family doesn't like him, so they sent him to Oregon. That's where uh, people's uh, unwanted relatives are all sent. Court records said Ashloon police were tipped off last August that the computer was full of images of underage children in sexual poses. So, From the beach, gifts for everyone. A stunning thresher shark carcass has washed up in Seaside. Uh, beachgoers got more than what they bargained for when a 12-foot thresher shark washed ashore in Seaside. It's a uh, young shark. It can grow up to about 20 feet long had it lived, but it isn't, and it's uh, dead right now. Then, red devils are washing up on Oregon beaches. Go out and see them. They go by many names. Jumbo squid, red rockets, red devils, diablos rojos. That's Spanish for red devils. 
they have giant eyes, and they're very piercing, and they even seem to be staring at you when they're dead, which they are. I think they actually have beaks, too. Don't yeah. they have? Aren't they those creatures that are like the squid things that have this sort of they have the big parrot beak on them? Uh-huh. There's something That's about a I sea said. creature with a beak that just isn't right. That's like Dr. Moreau It's like, stuff. I, I can still eat you even though I'm dead. Those are washing up on, in Oregon? <laughs> yes, just for you. Whoa. I can't be vanquished. From Wenatchee comes word. This story is fantastic. From Wenatchee comes word. No one wants to live in Wenatchee. Uh, the police department there is uh, saying the whole town is going crazy. It all started with dispatch. said there, were lo- there was lots of screaming com- coming from the 800 block of Malaga Avenue. When Wenatchee police arrived, they found a woman walking a small dog and a man walking a pit bull that had been in the throes of an altercation. As the woman tried to save her small dog, the pit bull bit her on the right arm. An area resident came to her aid, and as he was trying to separate the dogs, another man came out from a nearby apartment complex and punched him in the nose. The altercation stemmed from a previous dispute over a lady friend of the two men. The puncher ran and hid, and police arrested him in a nearby apartment where he'd been hiding in the bathroom and trying to wash off the blood from the altercation. The pit bull <laughs> and the, the pit bull walker ran into a nearby apartment, and people inside refused to open the door, prompting police to apply for a search warrant. Then someone told police that they knew that a relative of the pit bull had outstanding warrants out on him. Since that man was also in the area during the altercation, police went to find him in a nearby apartment, but he jumped off the second floor balcony and ran away. The warrant arrived and the pit bull was taken into custody. A short time later, somebody called to say that the man who jumped off the balcony was back. But when police arrived, the man ran into a different apartment. Knowing the suspect's jumping M.O., police were ready for him as he fled off another balcony. As two officers, each with tasers pointed at him, yelled at him to get down on the ground, the man took one last drink from his orange-flavored MD-2020, then complied. (laughs) All events ended around 5 p.m. The woman with a small dog was treated for her wound. The dog was treated by a local vet but lost part of an ear. The pit bull was in custody of the Wenatchee Valley Humane Society, and the owner of the pit bull is awaiting charges, most likely of maintaining a dangerous animal. The nose puncher is in jail on suspicion of fourth-degree assault, possession of less than 40 grams of marijuana, obstructing an officer, and the balcony jumper is also on jail on felony misdemeanor warrants. It's a mess, say Wenatchee police. It is the Palm Springs of Washington, Tim. My brother lives in Wenatchee right now, and I get the sense that about 10% of all the apartments in that city are currently occupied by people who are in the bathroom hurriedly trying to scrub blood off of something before the cops get there. That's just my own personal assessment. All right. Straight ahead, we'll uh, talk to Tim Riley and Greg Nibbler about their experience at Survive It and Drive It yesterday, and I will reveal awful thing number one, which is a phrase that one of the contestants, and you know who I'm talking about, it's something that one of the contestants said out loud yesterday that I will share with you all. To your horror. Stay there. We're live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Can I tell you something that's great? I'm looking at the... Uh, I'm looking at the, the sort of sound file collection we've got here, and there's, you know, it's a, it's a Windows machine, so there's folders inside of folders inside of folders. We have a folder that is just labeled Annoying Sounds, which is awesome. So th- is this, these are the sounds that you took out there yesterday to, to annoy the Survive It and Drive It folks, Greg, is this? Yes, that is correct. Now, were they listening to these while they uh, tried to sleep this last night, or were you playing these at them yesterday afternoon? Or when when were they hearing these noises? No, they actually, I don't even think they heard all of them until last night, but I actually turned on the uh, the webcam probably about 
9 p.m., and sure enough, they were playing a lot of that right there, and they were sitting there having to endure it. That's fantastic. Are these uh, are these clean? Are there, is there any uh, are no, there any lyric issues with any of these? No, they're all clean or or bleeped. So, so let's uh, let's uh, so here's a little uh, sound that Greg put together to torment the survive it and drive it people. This is for the uh, hip hop fan. Is this that little Wayne thing? Uh huh. This is where he says a milli over and over and over and over and over and over. And that goes on for about eight minutes. Oh, wow. Oh, and there's that low rumbling bass, too. That'll shift mm-hmm. your internal organs around after oh, a while. absolutely, yeah. Good God that Almighty. That makes me feel lucky. And just here's a little taste of what Aaron Duran put together. Today, by 9 a.m., our goal is to have the most irritating slash annoying sound in the world. Uh, everybody uh, who's texting, you can insert your wise-ass comments now. Uh, it, I would like to, uh, on this show, identify the most annoying sound in the world. Uh, so we can subject the uh, Survive It and Drive It folks to it. Aaron Duran put this together. Now, to be fair, this probably isn't in the running because it's a combination of noises. But he apparently spent a disproportionate amount of time working on this yesterday. That's my number one. Well, that's unnerving in the deepest way. Tim just took off his headphones. You just last. You lasted about three seconds once that kicked in. No pickup truck for me. All right, I'll uh, I'll turn that off. All right, I've I've made the scary noise go away. Tim. <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's do one more. Here's uh, one more uh, sound is put together by Greg Nibbler yesterday. Leave Benny alone. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome fantastic is a that is a, oh. an 11 minute loop of that oh that's great that is that is that, let me repay that uh with this so i got a phone call yesterday and we'll talk to you guys about sort of your your thoughts as to what it was like to be out there and your first-hand experiences because this was tim like for you certainly the first time you saw it up close and was that the first time you were out there greg yeah, that's the first time I'd seen it. So you'd not been there and sort of seen them in the truck firsthand. It's it's quite something when you get there and you see how, it, I was going to say how small a space it is. It's, I guess it's really not. It's just that you you immediately sort of put yourself into the truck mentally and you imagine yourself being there like with what's-his-name who's always jingling those bells on his pants or whatever around. Um, Chad? I was watching the, the webcam yesterday First of all, it's amazing. It gets up, it gets up like 12,000 hits. Because you could just lose hours of your life to that. I realized at a certain point yesterday evening that I had just been sitting there staring at the screen for like 45 minutes yeah. doing nothing. I mean, it cuts into your YouTube time. <laughs> really? I mean, it's a time where I could be, uh, I, I don't Watching know. Watching could... network television? Exactly. I mean, over the course of a day, I probably spent three and a half hours just staring at a screen. And then you realize that, like, what are you expecting to happen? At most, probably, a guy is going to open the door and leave a car. And yet, somehow, it is strangely compelling. There's just no getting around it. Because I think you are... You know what it is? It's like when you play a slot machine. And you realize that probably nine pulls out of ten, nothing exciting going to happen. One pull out of ten, maybe you win something. When you watch this, you realize that there's a slight chance that somebody will just snap and begin punching somebody else in the face. And that's what you don't want to miss. That's what you want to be there for. Uh, you know, or, or there for, you know, or for when they have to hear the... Uh, <laughs> So I was uh, out there on Monday, and then uh, Sarah and I and uh, you and Greg were all going to be rotating throughout the week. But so I was getting my uh, haircut yesterday, and the phone rings, and I looked down, and it was somebody calling from Survive and Drive. It was uh, Paddock, and he was there with um, uh, our friend Sarah Wagner. And Sarah wanted to relay something that one of the contestants had said. 
And I made sure, let's see, this was at 11.53 yesterday morning. I wrote this down as soon as she told it to me, word for word, because I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget it and I didn't get the phrase wrong. So Sarah Wagner could not wait to call and tell me this. Who wants to guess which contestant said this yesterday at Survive It and Drive It? I think they had had lunch or something that somebody brought them, and I don't even know what their food is at this point. The first date was like pizza. There was kind of a, I think they were being lulled into a false sense of security and happiness by being given you know, the dominoes. And then I think it was going to be just tofu at some point, and then I think it's just gruel or whatever. It's like Guantanamo food. Chicken mush. <laughs> exactly. Just uh, is chew on this bone. So they had lunch, and I think somebody offered Katie, uh, it, it, like, you know, like, a, like a napkin, like one of those like wet nap things, you know. And I said, hey, would you like, you know, you guys have had lunch, would you like, would you like some napkins? And she said, quote, oh, no, I came prepared. I brought baby wipes. I've been wiping down my hands and my face and my feminine area. With the same one? Well, I think it's all about the order in which you uh, proceed. So as soon as she said that, Sarah then could not wait to tell Paddock, who then could not wait to pick up the phone and tell me and to put that image into my head. So I'd like to thank you all for that. Uh, And then later on, she said something about she was going to be rubbing lotion on herself. So, you know, if you were watching the webcam, well, she has it's all worth there for the expression on Greg's face right now. Oh. That's, uh, I mean, those are really the, uh, those are the precious moments that one embraces uh, as part of this uh, contest. Leave Benny alone! All right. Uh, it is 503-228-4101. Coming up in the 6 o'clock hour, we will talk to our good friend Art Webb, who is out there uh, sort of seeing everything up close and personal. We have Ryan White from the Oregonian here at 7 o'clock. We're going to endeavor to find the most annoying sound in all the world. We'll count down the top five most irritating, I'm sorry, mo- uh, most depressing songs of all time. And uh, Tim Riley returns with the news straight ahead. You stay there. The Rick Emerson Show is live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in ADHD. Let's just remember to scream until Daddy stops. The Wickenson Show returns. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up at 6 o'clock, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. Uh, 6.40, Lisa Desjardins from CNN Radio. 7 o'clock, Ryan White from The Oregonian. Uh, he'll also count down the top five most depressing songs uh, of all time. And we will endeavor uh, to find the most irritating noise on Earth. All the better to unnerve the contestants in KUFO's uh, Surviving and Drive It Contest, which is happening today. 8 o'clock, we will talk to Dustin. So he was the first guy... The bailout yesterday, which I think sort of caught everybody off guard. I didn't think it'd be him. I thought it'd be what's his name, Chad, the uh, the, the jingle bell guy. No, but Chad, in fact, was the reason why Dustin bailed. The, the best moment, by the way, when when Dustin uh, left, is Susan Reynolds had gone over to sort of see everybody was uh, you know doing and make sure everybody's you know fine, see if any you know sort of just assess I think the mental state of all the contestants. And she said that she looked in Dustin's eyes and you could just see the whole story right there. You could just see that it was all over that he had it, he had already made the decision somewhere within himself that it was uh, it was time to go home. And hey, Chris Paddock sent me a, what do you call it, a text message? Yes, yes. And he just said Dustin is out. I saw it on my phone and I wrote okay, send. <laughs> Fix him. So Dustin gets ready to leave. He opens the door. He walks out. As he is leaving the truck, 
Chad, who, as you just noted, Sarah, is the reason he was leaving because you know Chad was like just constantly going with. And it wasn't just like the jingle bell things he was right. Like he he was doing the jingle bell things. He had those empty soda bottles that he was sort of drumming on the seat with. Probably still is like now. And I think Greg made the observation that he wasn't even really consciously aware of it anymore. It was just sort of a, it was like a muscle memory thing. It just became like a reflexive motion that he was doing. Right. Yeah, I don't even think he had any thought in it anymore. It's just like a zombie, just bang, hit, bang, <laughs> hit, bang, hit. It was like, sort of like a really fleshy one of those, it was like a really fleshy monkey holding symbols that you wind up and sit on a toy store shelf somewhere. Um, so as Dustin is leaving, Chad says, nice to meet you. And Dustin, without even looking back, just goes, screw you, and gets out of the truck and walks off. Um, it was gold. Did he say screw you or something else? Uh, no, it was screw you. Okay. Uh, because we watched it back like a hundred times in a row uh, because we were you know, we're, we're sort of recording everything here. The webcam is being all, every second of that is going on file. And so we just sat and watched it back over and over and over again and then dissolved into giggles. We have a brief phone interview that we did with Dustin yesterday that we'll play back here in a bit, and then he's going to be in the studio with us at 8 o'clock. At the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center, downtown Portland, 545. Highs today will be 88 degrees. Well, TriMet is stepping up patrols after a terror investigation that prompted security warnings nationwide. TriMet Transit Police and K-9 units were sent to random max light rail lines and bus stops yesterday. I mean, the regular people who ride on these trains pose more of a threat than any terrorist ever would, but they don't send anybody out on a regular day. You're going to hate this story. The man convicted during that faith healing trial for the death of his daughter, released from jail early. Officials say Carl Worthington. I know you Southern Californians think it's Cal Worthington. No, that would be him and his dog Spot, but this is somebody else. Carl Worthington was released from jail six days early because he had no disciplinary actions while in the Clackamas County Jail. So he was a model Clackamas County prisoner. Now, I'm unclear about which Worthington this is because the whole family He was family convicted is... of criminal mistreatment for the... the for the medical care or a lack thereof for the 15-month-old daughter named Ava. So this is the, 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 yeah, the, the, the infant who died. Right. Because, you know, the, because his parents, mm-hmm. uh, in other words, the, the grandparents, the elder Worthingtons, they're also, uh, in my constitutionally protected opinion, faith-healing nutcases. Or faith-killing, as the case may be. So uh, th- th- that's just a whole family of crazy right there. It's, because didn't we read something after they got effectively acquitted of everything in that faith-healing case? I think it was the Oregonian that noted that coming this, like this coming January, January 2010, the grandparents of the oldest, uh, you know, the older generation, they're going on trial in a separate faith killing thing. And I think the uh, the article actually noted they have, I mean, this is the sort of thing that's just so awful that it becomes sort of perversely amusing. I be, if I remember correctly, I believe the article noted that the family actually has their own kind of cemetery plot put aside at their residence. Because, you know, I, I, well, it's I, handy. Maybe in the... Maybe Jesus is taking people home faster than the city can, you know, sort of inter them. Wow. Uh, so they got their own kind of place where they stick everybody in the ground there. Anyway, well, it's how God wants it, apparently. He just needs more children around him all the time because he loves them so. Here's Tim Riley. So I hope this sounds... It, it's mostly arable, but we're going to try it. Well, let's see here. When you say mostly arable, what does that uh, what does that mean exactly? Do you mean in terms of audio quality or in terms of hey, what was that f word I just heard? No, it's uh, in terms of audio quality. Okay, it, it is a good cut. This is uh, Republican Congressman Tom Colburn's chief of staff, Michael Schwartz, at a convention for uh, uh, right wing patriots, saying all pornography will turn you gay. Here it is. 
homosexuality, we know. Studies have been done by the National Institutes of Health to try to prove that it's genetic, and all those studies have proven it's not genetic, but homosexuality is inflicted on people. I had a very good friend uh, who, was, uh, who was in the homosexual lifestyle for a long time, and then he had a religious conversion. And one of the things he said to me, that I think is an astonishingly insightful remark, he said, all pornography is homosexual pornography because all pornography turns your sexual drive inwards. And that, in fact, is what it does. I know couples now uh, who are struggling with the husband's addiction to pornography. It's a, it's a terrible thing, and that's what happened. And it, you know, if it doesn't turn you homosexual, it, it at least renders you less capable of loving your wife. So all pornography is homosexual because it turns your love inward. Yeah. So then is the theory... It you away from loving your wife. So is the theory that... It makes you attracted to yourself? I, I was just going to say... Yeah. The, the, so then is the theory that... Is the theory that, well, it's just... I mean, in this, in this instance, apparently, that you are... It's just, just you alone, just you alone in a, in a room with your, your uh, as they say in Stand By Me, with your thoughts. And so, therefore... Well, that doesn't even follow, though. I don't even understand. Like, even if you follow, like, his... Like, his People pay to see him. <laughs> It's like it's like crazy nutcase logic. I don't even really know how you get from A to Z there. I uh, if you ever want to read a fascinating series of observations and hypotheses about uh, the long the long term effects of exposure to pornography, track down the David Duchovny interview that he did with Playboy magazine. I like I don't know like maybe it was right around the time the X Files was ending its run, so maybe like ninety seven ninety eight something like that. Because it was like right as Mitch Pileggi was sort of he'd been at the, he'd come on because Duchovny had left the series to go hang out with Taylor Leone or whatever and blah 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 blah. And so Duchovny did this long interview with Playboy magazine. And David Duchovny is a guy who that is a guy who is a serious aficionado of pornography. I mean, he's not like a casual user of pornography. He's not a fan of pornography. That is a guy who clearly spends a lot of time thinking about porn and just putting it away in corners of his brain to be processed later. He gave this long interview talking about the difference between hotel porn in America, for example, and hotel porn in Canada because they filmed the X-Files in Vancouver, B.C. for a long time. And then when you watch Californication and when you then factor in, because uh, didn't he go to uh, didn't he go to rehab for sex addiction or something last year with that Duchovny. So, I mean... So he's fine now? I I just don't know. That's that's the thing, is you watch that show and you kind of read his thoughts on that and you kind of, you wonder what's going on in that head of his. Uh, There's a whole lot of strange in that guy's brain. So he he really, I think, would be your... uh, He's your go-to man for uh, pornography observations. Here's Tim Riley. Did you know that every day, 3,600 children and teenagers start smoking and 1,100 become daily smokers? Therefore, federal health officials are banning the sale of Flavored cigarettes. This ban is intended to end the sale of tobacco products to the kids with chocolate, vanilla, clove, and other flavorings that lure children and teenagers into smoking. They're banning these where? I guess everywhere. These flavored cigarettes. Now, aren't those uh, crush things, flavored cigarettes? Yeah, but they're like mint. I don't know, but somebody did... I did hear something about menthols maybe being uh, banned. Because menthols well. like a mint, right? I mean, that's sort of... Yeah. Uh, it's a, isn't menthol... Isn't that like smoking Vicks VapoRub? Is that is that kind of what that is? Yeah. It, is it, it might be. All right. I used to have candy cigarettes when I was a kid. I'm not sure if they even sell them anymore. They do actually. I saw Laura and I were in uh, Vegas and we were at uh, some place. It was like some store or whatever, and they had like a, a candy aisle. And I'm not much of a candy guy, but I sort of. But I'm not a candy fan in terms of consumption. But I was sort of just like to observe it from just a social point of view, just to see what they're marketing. Because every generation, they develop, first of all, a couple of things. A new, every generation will develop a new kind of revolting candy for your child. 
because and when I was a kid, we were just entering the super sour phase of everything. Mm. Right as I was sort of, uh, I don't know, entering high school, I think it's when Sour Patch Kids came out. Gobstoppers were really popular with us. We had Gobstoppers too. We'd have to wrap the rest of them in like a little like cellophane baggie. Now, but when you had Gobstoppers, were they still huge? How big were gob- Gobstoppers they were, they were huge. when you they were, were like? See, so you it. got the last era of Gobstoppers before they started making them all small. Because some, uh, you know, because some kid in Rhode Island like choked to death and ruined the fun for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then they started; they had to make them smaller. So that Gobstopper size that you would get after you'd sort of sucked on it for most yeah, of the, the day, huge ones. And then like I would carry that around for like a month, which is awesome. <laughs> I know. And plus, if you grew up like reading uh, rule doll books, the idea that you could actually go to a store and buy a Gobstopper was mm-hmm. fantastic. But uh, when I was in high school, they had started fake, because I had a friend who worked at a candy store, and so we would kind of go hang out there and then whatever, and when you would go there, there would just be the line of kids to get the super sour candy, because it was sort of in vogue, and then it became like this weird arms race with sour candy, because then they introduced that Warheads candy, and then it just became, like, the point was creating uh, sour candies that were actually so intense you yeah, that you couldn't even ingest them. Mm-hmm. Then some guy had the idea of creating that plastic nose that was just filled with like a green gelatinous sugary goo. Oh, see, that's God, what I'm talking about. I remember but, that one. But see, that's right there. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, the whole point came to, you know, was trying to come up with candy that would offend your parents in some way. But we saw candy cigarettes for sale in Vegas in a candy store. And they even were the kind that had the powdered sugar so you could simulate blowing oh, smoke. We didn't really seem like a thing that, that doesn't really seem like a thing that they would have legal at this point. So. All right, straight ahead, we have Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler coming up at 620. We will uh, check in with Art Webb at Survive It and Drive It. 640, Lisa Desjardins from CNN Radio. 7 o'clock, Ryan White from the Oregonian and our hunt for the most irritating sound on planet Earth. Stay there. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO coming up at 620. More news from Tim Riley. Tim is tracking the following headlines on your Wednesday morning. Michael Jackson talked about his mother beating him in room rehearsals. We found the lost sound. Mackenzie Phillips would tell Oprah she had sex with her drug-addicted, deranged dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the best he could do. Obama warns the world we're not going to fix it. Fix it yourself. <laughs> that's the real tragedy is that John Phillips couldn't find anybody hotter. I should have another daughter. See if she turns out better. Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay. Well, that was, you know, that's what he was thinking about. Well, not that I'm trying to be. Never mind. I know. I you know. I'm. It's, it's. I'm just gonna have to cut myself off of the pass right there. She didn't need a mama. She just needed a papa. <laughs> <laughs> He's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but we. Uh, just uh, there's no topping that. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. I will also uh, check in with our good friend, our web. He is at the KUFO Survive It and Drive a Contest, which is happening at the intersection of Fourth Plain uh, and uh, Auto Mall Drive and in it's totally Vancouver. BS right now. They're they're getting to sleep like I've seen him sleeping for a couple hours now. Apparently on the overnights, I was reading uh, some Facebook posts about this and people who've been watching the webcam all night. And I guess there were folks kind of sort of. Uh, uh, Coming in and sort of mingling in and out and throughout the evening, and I guess as it gets as the contest gets further in, the number of people who show up in the middle of the night increases. 
And so the theory is that by the end of the week, it's just going to be, I mean, by the weekend, it's going to be nonstop because probably, you know, people aren't going to have to worry about getting up for work or whatever. And they're going to be sort of circulating in and out. But I guess at random moments over this past night, people would just drive by and blare their car horns and go racist out the window and then speed away, which is awesome. Uh, it looks like somebody has set up some sort of bright flashing light in front of the car. Yeah, I saw that last night, actually, that somebody had put that together. That's and, kind of amazing. And I get, Greg, did you leave the CD out there that you had assembled, the annoying uh, sounds? Oh, CD? yeah, it was it was playing last night or at least uh, probably like 9, or 9 p.m. or so. It was playing Blasting Britney Spears over and over and over that whole... So just a whole series of noises. Yeah, I mean it was loud too. They had that thing cranked up. Let's see what else did uh, what else did Greg put together? Oh. Oh no. That's the worst sound. And it even left it's got like this annoying digital sound underneath I hear that, that I hear too. That hum. <laughs> yeah, that hum. So when it's cranked up, that's even annoying on top of it. Let's see. Uh let's see one more here. We'll uh we'll, we're just going through uh, cut by cut in this folder of annoying sounds that Greg put together to bother the uh the folks in the truck. We've got the Well, German polka. Boy, three and a half minutes of this. So the Germans and the Poles got together to make music? I well, actually like this. I don't really know that it was a voluntary merger. <laughs> All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, once again, will you please make way for Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. All right. We've got a few things to get to here. Uh, in Major League Baseball, the Yankees have clinched the playoffs. They are the first team to do that. Uh, we can all rest easy because Kurt Schilling has decided he won't be running for Ted Kennedy's empty seat. I'm sure there were a lot of people very worried about that. Uh, in the NBA, the likelihood of the referee lockout is getting pretty high, so it could happen as far as soon as October 1st when preseason starts. They will be using replacement refs from the Continental Basketball Association, like old D-League refs and even refs that they have fired previously and the NBA players are not very happy about that. Lakers guard Derek Fisher who's the president of the NBA Players Association said this is unacceptable but uh, really the NBA players aren't going to do anything about it. They're not going to give up their salaries just because of the refs. So, uh, But it could make for some interesting games with some very poorly called games that uh, will be fun to watch. Derek Fisher by the way who has been here on the Rick Emerson show. Uh, in oh, yes, I knew that. I was uh, I was completely aware of that fact. <laughs> he was the mystery guest, right? He, he was. was the mystery guest. Yes, right. and president. I didn't realize he was the president of the NBA Players Association, though. So he's uh, he's even bigger than we thought he was. Um, all right. In NFL news, there's a uh, Redskins rookie linebacker Robert Henson is in a little bit of trouble. He uh, after the Redskins won nine to seven over the St. Louis Rams, they should have killed them, but they only they only won nine to seven. Apparently, some Redskins fans were booing, and Robert Henson went home and decided to uh, Twitter, and he's Twittered, uh, all you fake half-hearted Skins fan can... I'm reading it how he wrote it. All you fake half-hearted skin fan can. I won't go there, but I dislike you very strongly. Don't come to FedEx to boo, dimwits. This is what he wrote uh, towards his fans. And then he also tweeted, uh, the question is, who are you to say you know what's best for the team and you work 9 to 5 at McDonald's? <laughs> wow. This is what he's telling the Redskins fans. And the best part is, he's a rookie linebacker who has not played in a game yet this year. <laughs> 
so he has lots of time to sit on the sidelines, angrily composing 140 yeah. character uh, uh, messages to his fans. He's basically on the practice squad and has never played in an NFL game, but yet uh, he wants to make sure that everybody knows. And you work nine to five at McDonald's. I'm going to go home and make a very angry Facebook posting about the disrespect <laughs> that you showed to me as an NFL player. Yes, and most of them probably had no idea who he was until now. Um, all right, and the big news today, of course, is Plaxico Burris has been sentenced to jail for two years for gun possession after shooting himself at a nightclub last year. Actually, the technical charges were uh, gun possession, uh, two counts of criminal possession, and one count of reckless endangerment. And uh, so he is going to be going to jail for two years. There are some people that feel that this is a bit of a harsh penalty for him, including this just out, the Reverend Al Sharpton, who sent out the following statement. I think it is an, an unusually harsh sentence for someone who was his own victim. He should be punished, but his sentence is way out of proportion with the crime. Celebrity should not be given special treatment, but they should not be given exceptional punishments either. So this is where he was, so he was he in a club somewhere? Yeah, so he Plaxico? was... Plaxico? Plaxico, Ask yes. your dentist you about Plaxico. Yeah. Could, could contribute to diarrhea or possibly a heart attack. <laughs> we were going exactly the same place with that. Reduced tartar. It, uh, it totally sounds like some sort of refreshing mint uh, product that you would swig every morning to try to give yourself a you know cleaner and a zest of your teeth. So... What is, what is the so he was in a club and the gun went off like in his pants or something? Yeah, he was in a club and he had his bodyguards. He was in a club in downtown Manhattan and was walking up some stairs. Apparently, had the gun in his pants or his belt loop or something, and it dropped and shot himself in the thigh. That's awesome. Was as he, he was walking up the stairs. Now, was he already, uh, as they say, on paper for something else? Was he on parole or probation I, or something? I don't think he was for anything. At least not anything major. You know, maybe some traffic stuff or something like that. But I don't think he had any gun charges. It does seem kind of weird that he get two years for a first offense, especially if he accidentally shot the gun and if it actually if it only hit him. Well, I think the main thing was that it was in the club like that. Yeah, it was intentional. Oh, I, I guess that's yeah. true. It, 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 so it's really crowded. He was lucky that he was the only one that got hit. I suppose. And it does seem like really just living every day with... Uh, that does seem like a guy operating with a bit of an underpowered brain. So that might be its own punishment, really. Well, I mean, and I just don't understand because if you have that much money, I mean, you have bodyguards, why do you need to carry a gun Seems around? like one obviates the other. Yes. So all right. anyway, all right, uh, that is the big news. And if we have any more breaking news on that, we'll let you know. And that concludes this edition of Ball Talk. All right, straight ahead, we will talk to Art Webb. He's on site at Survive It and Drive It, plus news from Tim Riley. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. UFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies. Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. That is right. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Don't forget when you hear Pearl Jam sometime before 9 a.m. this morning. That is sometime before 9 a.m. this morning. At that time, maybe uh, call or 10, you want to get off a uh, pair of passes to see Pearl Jam this weekend, this Saturday, the Amphitheater of Clark County, along with special guest Ben Harper, Relentless 7. Tickets still available at Ticketmaster.com. You'll also get a copy of the brand new Pearl Jam CD Backspacer. That is not now. That is sometime between now and 9 a.m. when you hear Pearl Jam. It's 503-228-4101. In just moments, we will go out to KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest, which is continuing at Dick Hanna Dodge, the giant Vancouver Auto Mall, the corner of uh, uh, 4th Plain, and Auto Mall uh, Drive. So, Tim and Greg, you guys were out there yesterday. Yes. And did you get a sense about whether any of the contestants were close to cracking or snapping or whether they were going to come unglued in some mental sense? Well, one of the women sitting in the front seat was kind of keeled over through the window 
and it was almost feeding time. So I wanted to make sure. <laughs> feeding time. I, like I they're coming sure by with a bag she, to strap she's on. She's dead or alive. <laughs> so I was, I was talking to Andrew. I go, is she passed out or what? She go, Don't worry. I'm going to wake him up in a minute. The food has arrived from Domino's. Yeah. So wake me when it's time for sustenance. He, he, he dangled the aroma-filled boxes in, in front of her passed out nose. <laughs> And she came to right before my eyes. That is awesome. Uh, just keep your hands and feet away from their mouths at all times. But, uh, but they look fine, and they look like they're all uh, getting along. I, I was I was watching the webcam just moments ago, and they look like they're aging exponentially. You are I mean, it's, so right. It's, it's like, like a Dorian Gray thing going it's like time-lapse on. Time lapse photography. Well, and I think that uh, I think Jessica's starting to look a little more weary than the other one. That was she's the one I was thinking of actually. Now I don't mean to pick on her, but she's. The, the, I clicked on. I just picked one of the cameras almost at random, and it came up right on her face. And I looked, and I went, "Wow, whoa!" I kind of pulled back a little bit. It's it's just the sort of. I don't know what it is. It's like it's like they're they're it's like their faces are kind of losing all definition. They're just sort of turning into. I don't mean this uh, how it sounds, but they're just sort of turning into big piles of mush. It's like they've just kind of gone slack all over. Well, I think it's only been what two and a half days, yeah. two day, a little over two days. Yes. Well, just well two they're days. living this relaxed lifestyle. That's right. And, and being fed as they sit. Well, it is an American lifestyle. To eat. They're really only. They're like, all just shoveling uh, pizza on their faces. It's like Wally coming to life. They're they're they're, they're really they're really only being asked to live as most Americans live, like anyway. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. It is that time once again. <laughs> Rock 101 KUFO's Survive It and Drive It Update. Live from Decana Dodge in the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Well done with the Wally reference, by the way, Tim. That's what it reminded me of. Let's pay a visit now to uh, our good friend Art Webb, who is on-site at Decana Dodge at the corner of uh, 4th Planet Auto Mall Drive. Hello, Art. How are you? Hey, good morning, Rick Emerson Show. What's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. You are seeing the, the horror sort of up close and personal. I've, you know, we're getting it kind of squashed down and put over the Internet and pixelated. Uh, really, when you're there within, uh, within shouting distance of these folks, what, what does it look like, first of all? What is the sense you get when you just gaze upon their withered visages? They look very ghoulish to me right now. I mean, sunken eyes. They look like, you know, it's that thing when you wake somebody up in the middle of the night because there's like an emergency or they got to, you know, this is something that, you know, they got to go, you know, they got to go do something. And they've just got that, that look like the string inside them has been snapped and everything has just sort of relaxed all over the place, but in a bad way. Do they kind of look like that all the time now? Well, the fact that we're at the ass crack of dawn right now, and this is probably the worst time of day to be out here doing this. This has got to be the worst. That's a good name for a new morning show. The The, the ass crack of dawn. Um, Is there a blinking, is there a siren or a... a... There's there's a strobe light right in front of the hood. It seems somebody came in here and taped a strobe light into the tent that is just blaring in in their faces. Oh, wow. Can I just tell you this right now? So just as you were saying that, as you were talking about this strobe light, and is this the kind of strobe light you see at like a, I don't know, like a club or like at at a discotheque? Yeah, it seems like there's multiple settings on it where you could turn it up to be faster if you needed to. God, it's right like, all like a Studio 54 type Yeah, that thing's thing. bright. Yeah, exactly. It's like being locked inside of Spencer's Gifts of some kind. Uh, so I'm looking right now, and I was looking at the webcam that is actually trained right on Jessica, and I looked at the screen just as she sort of, without even moving her head, just as she sort of flicked her eyes over to the webcam, and it was like that thing Nietzsche said, when you look into the abyss, the abyss also looks into you. <laughs> it was I could feel her eyes sucking my soul out of my body. They they don't look uh, happy right now. Do, do but I they, think that's well, her game face, maybe. Maybe she's just trying to make us think that she's more tired than she is. Well, no, as they're sleeping, they just look like a sea of flab covered with a blanket. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Jessica's definitely been the calmest of the three uh, in my experience here yesterday. She was the one most at peace she, with her surroundings. Have you seen this uh, at all? Because I, maybe I'm just sort of tuning in at either the right or wrong times, depending on how one looks at it. Have you seen Jessica get this sort of strange, almost weirdly giddy smile on her face from time to time? Yeah, I, did. I saw that yesterday a couple times. There was this when I was talking to her. Uh, and see, uh, the, I mean, it was like maybe minute eight, nine, or 15 or something in that insane clown posse song that was looping, which, and again, I cannot even describe how... I got the bones! How <laughs> nice. That was all it was. Gut-wrenchingly awful that song becomes after a while, and that was the thing that drove me. I actually had to... I muted the audio. I kept the webcam on, and I hit mute, and I went and I put on, like, you know, like, where's my Chopin? You know, and just finding, like, the most soothing thing I possibly could. But I'm watching it, and her her mouth... The only way I can describe it is is her mouth started to kind of twitch at the corners, and then it just turned into a sort of evil smile. And I waited for the moment when she was just going to begin laughing uncontrollably, like so baby Jane. Yeah, and like, and they would they would just have to come and put her in a small room for the rest of her life. Well, um, here we can ask her about it right now if you want to. Excellent. Yeah, let's do that. Jessica, how did you feel about that Insane Clown Posse song playing all night? The song's not that bad. I actually kind of enjoy it. See, you see, this is what I'm talking about here. It's the strange calm that's kind of freaking me out. It's, I like it. It's yeah. like she's gone to another place I, I inside. I take strange calm over spastic, you know, bell jingling guy any day. That's a good question. So what is up with Chad and his the racket making? Is that continued or has yeah, he yeah. run out of energy run for that? The, run around the truck here. Chad, what is your plan of attack for day three? Uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, man. Jingling away? Yeah, that's right. I'd like to thank God Mr. for Davis. this victory. <laughs> uh, as he... And, uh, has he Go made ahead. any noise recently? Is he, or has that pretty much died down overnight from what you've seen? I don't know. Overnight, were you, were you, were you did you take a break from the jingling? Uh, not really. Not, not, were you able to get any sleep at all last night? Uh, yeah. yeah, about three hours. <laughs> three hours of sleep. And so I think the most they could ever get is three hours because they get woken up. I saw him up. totally zonked out. He wasn't jingling. Well, see, here's the thing. Do you wonder? I wonder if they're able to get. See, I don't, I don't really know much about the. I have no science knowledge to speak of. So I wonder if they're able to get any REM sleep because that's because they always say that it doesn't matter like how how much you sleep if you don't get quality sleep that it doesn't you know, sleep for 12 hours but if but if you're not getting the REM cycle or whatever then you're not refreshed that's why sometimes you just you know you sleep for nine hours and you wake up more tired than, than you were before mm -hmm. and it's because you didn't enter like a dream state or whatever so you got to wonder if that has like a cumulative effect if you're able to get any amount of quality sleep or if it just becomes like le uh, less and less restful every time you do it I kind of want to hear uh, from Katie too because she's been she got the prime seat in the back because she gets yeah, to lay Katie out. Just, Katie just woke up, too. And before we went on the air, Sarah was asking me. Uh, she wants to know what Katie's morning breath smells like. Katie, why don't oh. you go ahead and just, oh. just, 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 just hoff right into my nose. Oh, right? uh. oh yeah. That's pretty rancid. Oh, pretty wow. Oh. Yeah. Hey, here's a good question. When they get out of the... <gasps> when, they right. get, when they get out of the vehicle for their brakes, are they allowed to go brush their teeth? <laughs> no. So, so oh, they, they can't, can't even brush. They their can't teeth? brush their teeth. Not even like because I know they can't bring stuff into the car with them. But when they get out of the truck, like let me ask you this: if somebody, if somebody, one of uh, Katie's relatives managed to locate a toothbrush somewhere and hit it in the porta potty, and they well, if they just showed up and they said, "Look, the next time she comes out for a break, I got a tooth toothbrush toothpaste here, uh, so she can brush her teeth, you know, before she gets back in the truck." Is that allowed? Do we think? I'm crying. That was so bad. Still, I'm sorry. I completely lost focus. I that's just okay. I uh, your olfactory sensibilities have been assaulted like no yeah. man's nose should be assaulted. Have you brushed your teeth at all, Katie? Yes, I did. 
Yes, I did yesterday morning. Yesterday morning. So okay, so that twenty-four hours of pizza. So that so that that is, that is allowed. So you only have a full day's worth of bacterium floating around inside your nostrils right now, Art. It's really nothing Still to worry rough. about. Good rough. God Almighty! All right. What is it? Final question. What right now? I mean, not that you're able to smell anything, but based upon you know those those golden moments of about forty seconds ago when you were able to smell, is does the truck itself stink inside? Yeah, I got my I'm, I got my head in here right now. It smells. It's it's mostly sour would be the best uh, uh, to come up with. Uh, sour. Yeah, sour. And I guess I lied when I said I had a final. This is actually my, my final, final question because so Dustin pulled the ripcord. He, he bailed out yesterday. He's gone, which means that as every fifth or I'm sorry, every three hours, they got to get out and they got to get back in. But they got to rotate seats, which means there's always one person in the back. If you are in the back, uh, are you able to? In other words, if you're there with an empty seat next to you, can you stretch out, or do you have to sit as though someone is still in that empty seat? You know, we had that question yesterday once uh, Dustin bailed, and we came to the consensus that, yes, once they get into the back seat, they can kind of stretch their legs out. Oh, oh so that's the golden no, seat. No, that is the catbird seat. See, that's where you can really get that's your rest nice on. All right, I'm going to let you go uh, hose out the inside of your head with borax. Yeah, and, it sounds uh, like a good idea. I might do that. All right, there you go. Art Webb, ladies and gentlemen, he's on location at uh, Dick Hanna Dodge, Giant Vancouver Auto Mall, the corner of Fourth Plain, and uh, Auto Mall, uh, Auto Mall Drive? Auto Mall Auto Mall and Auto Mall. I think it's Auto Mall Drive. It's, uh, I had it written down. You can't miss it. It's a big yellow. It's on my GPS. All right, there you go. So just come by and pick up Tim's GPS. It'll be, uh, be no issues at all. Boy, that guy needs a merit badge. He let... Katie, and I don't mean to pick on Katie, but just he, he let him just uh, right into his face. God bless Art Webb. That is not, I mean, really, that's a, a braver man than I am. All right, straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley. Plus, uh, we are attempting to find the most irritating sound on earth today. I have my submission when we come back. On the other side of this, I have my nomination for the most irritating sound on earth. This is just my personal opinion. That is uh, coming up next. Plus, the news of Tim Riley coming up at 7 o'clock. Ryan White from the Oregonian. We'll talk Pearl Jam. 7.20, the top five most depressing songs of all time. 8 o'clock, Dustin, uh, who got out of the truck yesterday. We'll talk to him. And uh, Al Jean, executive producer for The Simpsons at 8.20. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Rock 101 KUFO, survive it and drive it. From Dick Hanna Dodge and the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Who will win a Dodge Ram truck? Thanks to Domino's. Lazy Boy Furniture. Jackson's Food Stores. And 7 Up. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Booty, booty, booty. Gah. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for drawing near and being entertained by our various whimsicalities on this Wednesday morning. It is 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101, coming up at 7 o'clock. Ryan White, music editor from the Oregonian, will be here. We'll talk Pearl Jam 720. He will count down the top five most depressing songs ever. Uh, that is a list, by the way, that the competitors in KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest, uh, they'll be obliged, nay, forced uh, to hear that Yes, list. we're going to make sure they're awake and they're going to hear it. Yesterday was Cats in the Cradle. Uh, I consider putting together just a montage of sad child songs today, but uh, we decided to have Ryan really just uh, go to the mattresses right away and come up with the five most depressing songs ever. And I, and I don't really know what they are. I've been shielded from this. I do have this, though. Uh, we'll pay a visit to the news desk in a moment and find out what's going on in the uh, world around you today. But I have my submission for the most irritating song, the uh, most irritating sound, rather, on Earth. This is the most irritating sound because we are attempting to divine by 9 a.m. what the most annoying sound might be so that we can then subject the folks in the truck to it. This is my submission right here. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the radial saw.
go. See, and maybe that's just a me thing. See, Tim, <laughs> you seem thing. very nonplussed by that. It doesn't seem well, to bother you at all. I grew up next door with my grandpa. They always had that going because he had a wood stove. Uh, see, and my dad was a carpenter, and so I. But it had just ex- it had the opposite effect of me. My dad was a carpenter, and always, always he was you know a home handyman and a Bob Vila type, and I'll see he was always out in the garage like cutting right. stuff or sawing or sanding or shaping or whatever. And so as a result, I heard that all through my childhood, <laughs> and it's just and, and you have associated with really good memories. Yeah, I, so I it may be a thing that is, and it's just the and it's this core uh, piece right here. The just that. See, I, don't... I like it because it reminds me of oh. making the soapbox derby car. Uh, see, yeah, yeah, huh? I can do without that noise. At the I... news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 650. Today's high temperature is going to be 88. So a little bit cooler than yesterday, but still pretty much unbearable, especially if you're in a truck with three other people. Having to breathe somebody's mouth funk. Mm-hmm. That's bad, too. A Gresham lady admits she made up a tall tale of being abducted and assaulted. The concocted story of being abducted in a Hillsborough parking lot by a man with a knife, forced to drive to a, a, a Portland airport, assaulted in a hotel parking lot. She made it up. As a matter of fact, the cops say she's a cutter. She cut her legs and arms. Self-inflicted wounds. Uh, what is her name? I don't have her name. Well, that's handy that they've decided not to identify her, even now that we know that she has fabricated a story about being abducted and assaulted. Well, that's great. Say to all you beaver tonight's who want that new baseball stadium, you're going to have to pay for it in new taxes. The city will have to sell revenue bonds between 30 and $46 million worth, meaning the average Joe or Jolene would have to add 59 to $89 more to your tax bill. This is bad. How to get along with it? this guy? A former Postal Service employee has pled guilty to stealing more than 30,000. That's 30,000 DVDs. That went from Netflix to customers that never got there. The postman took the DVDs that were mailed by Netflix to customers for a year, beginning January 2007. The movie company alerted Springfield Post Office officials that a high number of DVDs were disappearing, as many as 100 movies a week. Here's a weird thing to think about. I was actually reading an article about Netflix the other day. Do you know that one of the most closely guarded secrets uh, in, let's say, for example, an Oregon business is the location of the Netflix facilities? Oh, I know where it is. It's over by my place. <laughs> I like how it's, it, Tim, Tim has somehow got access to the launch code envelope. You and Dabney Coleman were back there. Written, Alpha, Bravo, Foxtrot. The, but here's why. And I, I never really thought about it. But then as soon as they told me, I realized why, because I was asking someone, like, well, why is Netflix, like, why are they so, you know, so freakish about not letting people know where they are? And it's because, A, it's a warehouse that has, like, 5 billion DVDs in it. Mm-hmm. Also, they've got proprietary and patented sorting machinery there, things that package DVDs. They, you know, they, they repack the DVDs. They file the DVDs. Also, this, this is the, the one that made me laugh. Netflix doesn't want anybody to know where their warehouses are because they don't want people just dropping the movies off there. They don't, or or show and go. Hey, uh, my copy of uh, my copy of Cloak and Dagger's got a crack in it. I was wondering if I could get a new one. So they don't want like jackass customers coming by to bother as, them. As a matter of fact, somebody was asking me that the other day. Why don't we go buy Netflix? I go. You can't go buy Netflix and rent movies. You have to do it by mail. Yeah, no, they deliberately try to make sure that nobody knows where so they I'm are. So I'm not the only one. That. So it is known. There is a, yes. And we're done. You'll see. We're off the air. You have to tell me where it is. All right. <laughs> uh, hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program, sir, or madam, as the case may be. Yeah, I was uh, going to make a submission for the most annoying sound ever. Yes, sir. Uh, for those fine fellows in the truck. Might be uh, the dulcet tones of Gilbert Godfrey. 
Oh, so, uh, that, you know, that's a good one. Tim Tim was suggesting earlier uh, a dental drill, but I think uh, Aaron already, uh, you know, Aaron had put together this montage we played earlier in the program, Aaron Duran, that was a dental drill and a baby crying and, like, some clown noise or something. But dental drill had been your original suggestion, had it not, Tim? Yes. So but, what about, but now I have a new one. What about the sound of Gilbert Gottfried? Oh... I mean, if I were to lock you in a room with a speaker going, and another thing, you know, yeah. and it was just sort of Gilbert Godfrey just is screeching at you all the time. I guess it would be acceptable. All right, we'll track that down, sir, and then we'll uh, it will play and see how it works out. Fantastic. Thank all you, right. sir. Awesome. Thank you. All right, bye now. I've just come up with a new one that would irritate me. All right, so on the other side of this, Tim Riley will reveal his most irritating sound ever. Uh, and Sarah, then I get to eventually? Yeah, but you said you were weird, though. You were saying that you actually didn't even want to play it on the air because it would make you sick. I have sick. a close second, though, but I can't play the worst sound. Why can't you play? Why, because it gives why? me goosebumps just thinking about it. I, I can't hear it. Look, I'm here taking one for the team. It seems like the very least that you could do is, uh, you know, is take the same lumps that we... What do you mean? But, I mean, how bad could it be? I mean, it's a, it's a one that a lot of people can Is it stand, vomit? But no. Is it blowing the nose? No. Is it phlegm? No. It, does, it, does it involve any sort of gooey substance from the body? No. Mm. Is it the sound of... I got one more guess. Is it the sound of silverware scraping on a plate as you're eating? Close. Fingernails on a chalkboard? Really? I cannot... Oh, just thinking about it. Well, now we have to. No. Uh, we, we have to play no. it. We can't not. The, the, I'm not trying to win a truck. No, no, no. Why but would you, you do that to me? Because that's a, because we are here to suffer for the people, Sarah. Uh, you know, artists have got to endure pain for their art. That's uh, that's just the way of the world. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that uh, we're uh, Picasso, now. were he here, <laughs> would, would agree now. with us. All right, straight ahead, Ryan White from the Oregonian coming up at 7.20. Top five most depressing songs ever. And at 8 o'clock, Dustin, who pulled the ripcord yesterday. You stay right there. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO Portland. That out loud. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Thank you for joining us. Coming up here in just a moment, we will talk to Ryan White from the Oregonian. We'll talk uh, Pearl Jam. They're going to be at the Amphitheater Clark County this weekend. Don't forget, sometime between now and 9 a.m. When I say sometime between now and 9 a.m., that sometime isn't like now as the words are leaving my mouth. Uh, eventually, you will hear Pearl Jam this hour. When you do, uh, you will uh, call 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. When you hear Pearl Jam, you'll be calling 10. You win a pair of tickets to uh, them at the amphitheater this weekend, as well as copy the brand-new CD, Backspacer. You can also get tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Also, sometime before the end of the program, you will hear the glorious dulcet tones of one Paul Stanley. When you hear Paul Stanley, uh, you'll also be uh, calling 10. Then you score yourself a copy of, uh, uh, of uh, Sonic Boom, which is their new CD, and a pair of tickets to see them at the Rose Garden. So be listening for all of that, won't you please? Tim Riley, uh, what headlines are you following for the good people of Portland on this Wednesday? Well, Mackenzie Phillips... I'm sorry? What? What? Mackenzie Phillips alleges her dad uh, deflowered her at a young age. Now, wait a minute. Now, I didn't think he deflowered her. I thought that was Mick Jagger, and then he just went... He just uh, entered the fields that had already been furrowed or whatever. Oh, you know so what I'm saying? But, but you know, like Mick Jagger sort of, you know, well, that he was the well, opening act. Well, trying to find out what the pecking order here was. I mean, you don't really think of the Stones goes. opening for the Mamas and the Papas, but apparently in this case, that was the uh, that was the order of things. Well, that was somebody's <laughs> California dreaming. Yes. Uh, expect more record-breaking temperatures today. And a stuntman at a low-budget film continues to recover from his burns. Okay. Hey, was this a stuntman that they thought was, uh, what's-her-name from uh, Jacqueline Smith? 
No, no, no. This is a made in Oregon picture. Okay, there was a juice... low budget one made in Lebanon. Did you see the uh, the story that came out yesterday that Jacqueline Smith was in critical condition because she shot herself in the head? Yeah. And it turns out that it wasn't true. It was apparently it a, a stunt person, somebody who doubled for her on right. a film production. In right. other news, Jacqueline Smith is apparently in a film production of some kind. It's 503-228-4101. We will also uh, be checking in again this hour with the Survive It and Drive It contest happening at uh, Dick Hanna's uh, giant Vancouver Auto Mall at the corner of 4th Plain and Auto Mall Drive in Vancouver. As part of that, uh, those folks in the car, the three remaining uh, remaining contestants, are being kept awake uh, for long stretches of time by a series of things, including uh, annoying sounds. And so we are going around the room throughout the show trying to determine the most irritating noise on earth. Tim Riley, what is your submission for that? The licking of fingers. Ah. Oh, like and I, so why would you ever up? say that? Why? Because, <laughs> because it happened yesterday. It? If you think the grossest things are happening in that truck, I, I was a party to the most disgusting thing. Okay, first of all, let me tell you, our street teamers are terrific. They, they were, the guys there yesterday, <laughs> the two Andrews. You're a great gal, but... Uh, the, the funk... But then at 6 o'clock, another street teamer shows up at the scene who I never saw before. And the first thing he does, he he's not there two seconds when he digs into a bag of melted donuts, stuffs one in his mouth without chewing, then within 10 seconds of being on the scene, starts eating handfuls of broken Doritos. And then in front of... Now, keep in mind, as a street teamer representing the station, you are supposed to be the face of the station. Behaving with a modicum of decorum. And and there were a couple of fans... So in front of everyone, he is verbally licking his fingers like this in front of everyone for like five minutes. And with every bite he takes, he licks his fingers more. And it's like, you know what? I don't think you're going to amount to anything in the long run. I didn't say it to his face. I mean, of all the people who want this job, you have just failed miserably. I don't know who chose you for this, but you are the most disgusting person. Nobody in that truck can do anything more disgusting than what you have just done in front of everybody representing this company. Uh. And, and he's obviously, <laughs> and he's obviously starting his career at a later age than most people. I will say that, and, and there are no age limits to starting. But if you are your age, sir, and standing in front of your fellow employees, <laughs> licking your fingers and making noise, and the first thing you do when you show up for work is delve into melted food and crumbled up potato chips and, and shovel this crap into your mouth, you, sir. I'm not going to amount to much. I don't know what your name is, but if I see you, I'll probably throw up on your shoes. I mean, you're, you're such a disgusting human being. I don't know who the street teamer is. Well, I think at this point it may not be necessary Greg to learn had his already name. Left. Greg had already left, so he didn't see it. But I will never forget somebody standing up in front of strangers going, nyum, 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 <laughs> but, but shoveling, shoveling melted food and broken potato chips into his mouth. And he hadn't even started working yet. So he started on the 6 o'clock shift last night. It should be no reflection on the guys who were there before Andrew, Andrew, and the funk who are working very hard, who, who are great representatives of our station, great guys doing a job. And I didn't even see these guys eat. But when this guy shows up on the scene, first thing, he digs into a box of melted donuts, shoves it in his mouth, and looks like his... Well, waste not, want not, Tim. So uh, have a great career, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Wherever it is, you might eventually work. Oh, wow. I've never been so disgusted. I mean... 
Uh, what would happen if I was like the GM or something big witnessing this? Yes. Of course, nobody will know what happened. No. No, of course not. No, there isn't a, There's in no a way will, system there. In no way will this ever out. Uh, this will... <laughs> Throwing a bunch of street teams standing under a tent next to a truck. It's a good thing we're not hooked up to a uh, to a tower that broadcasts this with a hundred thousand watts of power blanketing this part of the region. Uh, let's get it. Well, a, I'm just saying. Hello, uh, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. Hi. Uh, hey, yeah. So I got the uh, one of those worst noises. Yes, sir. What is your suggestion for the uh, the worst noise ever? Uh, people trying to like, swallow snot through the back of their throat, that snorting noise that comes before they swallow it. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It's like when anybody's sort of horking up any... Like hawking. Well, yeah, that's yeah. hawking or hork. Anytime somebody is trying to move uh, a viscous substance from oh, one part of their head word. to another, what would you prefer? Gelatinous? Ugh. Drippy? No. Oozy? No. Uh, no, but if, like, but if you've got goo in some part of your head and you're trying to get the goo to anywhere else on Earth, into a tissue, into the back of your throat, doesn't matter... It, that that, that that makes bad noise. There's just no getting around that. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. All right. All right. Yeah, bye. Thank you, sir. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? It's Scott. Hey, how can I help you, sir? Hey, I had a sound for you. Yes, sir. The back of alarm, like on a forklift, the beep, beep, beep. Oh, the, uh, like the backing up noise that a vehicle makes when it's alerting you that it's uh, it's moving? Yes. And is that because now? Do you find it, is the sound itself is irritating, or is it the sort of uh, is it the association with impending danger and doom? I think it's just the sound itself is annoying. All right, excellent. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts. We'd like to glean it from your brain. Your tasty, tasty brain. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's really hard to think today. This is Rock 101 KUFO. God Almighty. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. 503-228-4101. Here in just a bit, we'll get some more of your phone calls as we endeavor to locate, identify, quantify, and then subject the folks in the truck to the worst sound on earth. So, Tim, you had the sound of finger licking. We'll leave it at that. Uh, by, the, by the way, I got this email from Susan Reynolds about uh, the said street tamer. Subject line is, and another thing. In my own defense, she says, because I'm quite sure I hired him, (laughs) I don't have them eat in front of me to check out their manners as part of the interview process, but I'm thinking I will from now on. So there you go, It's nothing against Susan. No, no, no. Well, you would never think about that. You would would never say to yourself, and what is this guy going to sound like when he's shoving his hands five knuckles deep into his mouth? All right, so uh, so you had that and the dental drill. I had the sound of the radial saw sort of in action, especially at the moment when the radial saw manages to hit the sort of right there when it hits the wood. Greg, your most irritating sound. Uh, well, I have those ones on there, but I have something that's going to be even better, and I want to wait just a minute to fully demonstrate it for you. All right, so you're going to so we're going to you're going to be able to do it in full effect, as the young people used to say. All right, and Sarah Dillon. In deference to you, we will not at this time play the nails on a chalkboard sound because every time I mention it, it's like I can actually see your skin trying to crawl off of your body. Uh, so we'll. Uh, but I do have a close second. Uh, what is your close second? Babies crying. Oh yeah, I, yeah. That. Oh, I makes me want to throw something. See, and that's why I couldn't have a baby because I would want to throw a baby. <laughs> My camera's a joke. Whoa! Oh, is that Greg? I'm sorry, it's Greg Mike's. 
Okay, so there you go. That is one of the sounds that Greg put together for no, his but, CD like, yesterday. The screeching, wailing, the like, yowling red is what you're talking about. Nose running. Ah. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson show a man who has sat patiently uh, by while uh, we talked. And seemingly, I mean, about when we talked about. With auditory uh, illustrations, uh, the, the the consumption of melted donuts and the sounds that accompany that, which was really quite something. Uh, Ryan White, music editor for the Oregonian. Hello, sir. How are you? I am proud to live in a country where people can choose to live in a truck, and it can lead to this kind of discussion. <laughs> really? I mean, you know, in my country, truck lives on you. No, I think I got nothing. I was. I'm trying to. I, I missed this Yakov Smirnov joke the other night. I was. That uh, was at this gathering on Sunday, and I was talking about the long story. But I was talking about the cranberry crops in Russia, and I totally missed a, a whole. You know, the, the the Smirnov inversion they used to call it in comedy circles. So I've been trying to make up for it ever since then. What is your most irritating sound, sir? That would probably be this old uh, oven that we had in an old house, where every time you opened the door, it was just metal on metal on all the hinges. <laughs> And not only was it the sound, but just the sensation would kind of vibrate up your arm oh, into yeah. your into oh, your yeah. senses. Yeah, well, and it was there was a couple of things. It was like, and no matter how much like you would, if you're my dad, you get that like the WD forty or whatever, or the tri tri flow tri lube, whatever they called it. There was it was like a lubricant, like a like an industrial um, like an industrial Teflon that you could spray. And the deal was, you would spray it in there, but it didn't matter because every time you opened the oven door, there were two things. There was the metal on metal scraping. And then there was like that dry, dull, rusty spring sound that was like a as it would open, and is your and then it would vibrate up into your hands. That's my thing with the uh, that's my thing with the sound of silverware on a plate. Nah. Is it's like the yep. simultaneous the tactile feeling of the of it actually hitting, and then the sort of scrape. You so know, as you're bother doing me, that. but everything a lot of things with fingernails bother me. Like if I accidentally scrape my fingernails on like a piece of wood, yeah, like a picnic yeah. table or something, yeah. yeah. Oh, that sensation is so gross. There were times with this oven where I'd just sit there and stare at it and then turn and say, let's go out to eat. <laughs> you'd, you'd go to open it and go, no, it's just not worth it. it. I, uh, let's go out. Frankly, I'd rather starve tonight. All right. Uh, we've been talking about Pearl Jam a lot uh, the last couple of days because we've, you know, we've got the show coming up at the, the amphitheater this Saturday and we're giving away tickets to it. We've been playing uh, you know, the, the stuff off the record. We were playing... Um, we were playing the stuff off Backspacer, and every time we would do it, people would call about it, and the, the advance word uh, on this record is just so strong. And I know that you have some thoughts about them as well, because, there's, I mean, this is the first this is the first tour they've done that's going to bring them near here. And, I mean, how long? When's the last time they were even here? God, I don't even remember. I can't remember the last time Pearl Jam was actually even close to here. Music editor? I don't know. I mean, they were at the gorge. It didn't even occur to me to think about it. <laughs> a while back, right? But I mean, I'm going to say a while back, but then I realized that that's just sort of gone into the category in my head labeled like a while ago, and I don't really know when. So, um, but they've got kind of a big push going on right now with the uh, with the new record, and I know you you and I had been emailing back and forth about it a bit. Yeah, no, I mean, they they partnered with, you know, they, they created their own distribution system and partnered with Target, which has caused much, you know, kind of dismay amongst people who get dismayed. Uh, at such things, and there was even, you know, they took the the Cameron Crow commercial for right. for the Fixer, and they there's a Target commercial where it's basically that video with with Target logos splattered throughout it. And I was watching that in the video yesterday, back to back, and I realized there's like a few more images in the background of the commercial that are not there in the video. And one of them is the Kingdom up in Seattle being imploded. Right. But they run it in reverse at about the 16 second mark, and it just kind of flashes, so it builds back up, and it and it. it you know, in in so many ways, this record seems to me to be like Pearl Jam building itself back up. I mean, it's a really 
fun, good record. And, you know, I, I read I read first all of the complaints about them selling out, which is oftentimes the easiest charge to level and the hardest to, to back right. up when you actually start. And I, I don't even know what that means anymore at this point. So I read all of that, and then I started listening to the record, and by four songs in, I couldn't possibly have cared how they were distributing it because it was, like, the most enjoyable and, like, coolest Pearl Jam record I'd heard in a long time. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just a really, really good rock record. And I, those guys have got... Pearl Jam somehow managed to skip a lot of the... Uh, I don't. I want to say the curse, but I mean, you know, there's that. You know, everything is cyclical, and like wheat before the sickle, as Tom Teddy said. You know, bands will come into fashion and then they'll go out of fashion. And a lot of the bands that came out of the, you know, what we're now legally required to call the, the grunge era, the Seattle scene, or whatever. You know, they came and they burned bright, and then they were sort of gone for one reason or another. And Pearl Jam seems to have sidestepped that somehow. And I, I don't know. And not every record they put out, you know, was huge. They didn't always have massive commercial success, but also they never. What you were always aware that they existed. You know, sometimes the, the, a band will go on like an indefinite hiatus. And you go like, well, I don't know. It's like, you know, you'd say like, well, Soundgarden's still together. I don't know. They haven't put on a record in a while. I, did they break up? I'm not sure. But Pearl Jam, you knew they were always out there. And then they were doing stuff like, then they put out a couple years ago, they did like 15 bootlegs at once or something. It was like of their New York shows or something like that. But they, they released this massive series of bootlegs. I mean, legitimate bootlegs, but all simultaneously. Yeah, they played around a lot with things like that online. It, you know, the time being, they put out records. They had their big Sony deal that that apparently nobody was happy with, uh, including Sony. One of the funniest comments I found online was it was right after they'd released The Fixer. Somebody wrote in the, in the the comments on a Rolling Stones Rock Daily blog, you know, this, this fictitious letter from Sony, basically saying, "Screw you guys for putting out this record now. Where was this when you were uh, right. when you were on Sony?" Um, but you know, I mean, they, they you know they just kind of cons- made consistent records, and I'm one of those people who I, I kind of missed the Pearl Jam gene. Right. Um, I I can in no way begrudge them their success. I can understand their success. I you know I understand everybody who thinks that they're absolutely great. I know people who who will argue them as like the you know one of the great bands. You know, they've always been just a good band to me, but I really love this record. They put The thing about Pearl Jam is they are really reliable, and a lot of times people will say that that's damning with faint praise, but in other, there are a lot of things in this world that are worse than being a reliable band that puts out consistently enjoyable music. Consistency it, counts. I mean, that's really the does. thing. Yeah, I mean, that's when you get a Pearl Jam record, you know it's never going to be bad. You're never going to go buy a Pearl Jam record and go, this record is awful. It's always going to be good to it, some degree. You know, I mean, they wore their flannel, and they did all their, you know, they did all their grunge things, but they've always been a jeans and t-shirt band, and, right. and those are the bands that always, you know, jeans and t-shirts are always in style. Totally. I And Sarah and I have talked about this, and we'll uh, take a break here in a second. they're one of the greatest movies ever. That's, and they're in the movie singles. <laughs> uh, 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 we'll, and there's that. We'll come back here in a moment. We'll do a uh, another check and we survive it and drive it. We've got your top five. The top five most depressing songs of all time, and those are uh, constructed uh, with, uh, at least partially, with the goal of uh, further breaking the mental spirit and will of the uh, folks inside the truck. I will say this. Sarah and I have talked a little bit about Pearl Jam, and that uh, it was the Versus record when that came out. Versus and love that album. I have to tell you, just you want to talk about capturing a moment in time. I remember I was working at a, at a rock radio station in Washington State, actually, when Versus came out. And that was before the internet, before everything leaked out, before you got the advanced you know, copy of it sent to you by some guy who knew a file-sharing guy somewhere. And I remember they brought that record into the into the station like it was a bar of gold uh, in a box. I mean, and they just they unwrapped it and they took it out and the, you know, the, we all crammed into one tiny production room and the program director took it and he put it in the seat, you know, an old-fashioned CD player and put it in and he play. And there was just the most vibrating electrical energy Energy in the station, waiting for that record to kick in, and then I think the first, you know, and then there's a songs right out of the gate. There's go, yeah, and like, then go, um, animal. 
uh, which, and it just, I mean, it was like you could, it was as Hunter Thompson said, it was one of those moments where when you jumped on the earth, it bounced back at you. Just everything was just vibrating and, and electric. It was really quite something. So it's good to see those guys like still doing it and doing it well. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, we have the top five most depressing songs of all time as uh, compiled by Ryan White, music editor for the Oregonian. We'll find more new, uh, find out what's going on with more news from Tim Riley, and we will check in with the folks who are inside the truck at Dick Hanna Dodge for KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. You stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. 503-228-4101. In just a moment, we'll pay a visit to uh, Dick Hanna Dodge. They're at the corner of Fourth Plain and Auto Mall Drive in Vancouver, where the three remaining contestants are slugging it out in a figurative sort of sense. Uh, Hopefully uh, literally at some point. Uh, well, th- I, mean, I no. expected there to be fisticuffs yesterday. There was a moment where I thought they were going to st- start th- this wailing on each we other. We can ask Dustin. Like, now since he's away from the car, we can ask him. So Dustin bailed out yesterday morning around 11 a.m. He's going to be in the studio with us at 11 o'clock. Or, I'm sorry, rather, uh, at 8 o'clock. He, uh, about 11 o'clock yesterday, he decided to... Uh, he decided to, to roll on out. 8 o'clock today, he will be in with us, and we'll talk to him about uh, why he quit, what drove him over the edge, and see if he has any advice for the uh, remaining contestants. So that's coming up at uh, 8 o'clock. 8.20, we will talk to Al Jean, executive producer and showrunner for The Simpsons. And uh, Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on your Wednesday morning. The Oregon Zoo has said goodbye to Charlie the Chimp in a tearful farewell. Uh, PG Park will have the same number of seats after its renovation for soccer in 2011. And... Mackenzie Phillips complains her dad had a zest for incest. Okay. Uh, before we go out to survive it and drive it, every time, every every hour when we tease I that story... I just don't think you can top yourself. I, yeah, I think that you've run out of ways to unnerve me and to creep me out when you talk I about it. I'm trying to prove my worth around here. Thank you. If you're getting up there in age, you got to do it every day, you know. But you like a bag of melted donuts as a reward. No, that's some okay. broken chips. Before we, uh, before we go out to survive it and drive it, to talk to uh, Art Webb to see how everybody's doing. Uh, Ryan White from the Oregonian has been here. As we sort of bring things to a conclusion, uh, we're looking for irritating songs, sounds, etc. You talked about the irritating sounds be in the oven. Uh, irritating song. A song where we'd lock you in a room with it, you would have no choice but to pull out your own intestines with a fork. This goes back largely to my days as a sports reporter. All of those jock jams where I was trapped in arenas. And actually, in terms, in terms of annoying noises, I've always on my list of people that I would like to punch, the guy who invented those noise sticks, just for the number of oh, bas- the spin sticks? Oh, like yeah. the, the, the sticks that bang together, you inflate oh, them. Oh, yeah. For the number of times I've been in arenas hung over and just wanting to get through <laughs> the game, especially on the road, and then they break those things out. There's 10,000 people in the stands all pounding those yeah. at the same time. But but all those songs like Whoop, There It Is and, yeah. and YMCA and, yes. and, you know, Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part 2 where everybody stands up and cheers for the, uh, hey. the, the guy stuck in the Filipino prison for having sex with underage <laughs> girls. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Well, it sounds like you've uh, it, it sounds like you've really done your time in a sort of musical purgatory in that sense. So yes. What is uh, coming up in the Oregonian, sir? Uh, we got we got a few things in A and E, and I'm taking uh, five days off to hang out with a college buddy. So. Excellent. Oh, All right. Fun. Well, enjoy your time. We will talk to you next week, my friend. Read him in Thank print you. in the Oregonian online at OregonLive.com. He is uh, Ryan White, ladies and gentlemen. It's that time once again. 
Rock 101 KUFO's Survive It and Drive It Update. Live from Takana Dodge in the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. All right, let's talk to our good friend Art Webb, who was out there uh, peering into the vehicle, enduring the stench, uh, and uh, seeing the endless parade of ways in which people can defile themselves while sitting fundamentally immobile in a vehicle, uh, all for the chance to drive home in this uh, truck from Decana Dodge. Art, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 right now, how delirious or fatigued would you say everybody in the truck is? I'd give it about a, uh, I'd give it about a 6. I'm looking That's at the uh, 6. I'm looking yeah. at Chad right now, and he's doing that compulsive blinking thing yeah, we're a like lot. Trying to make sure that his eyes are moisturized. It's like he's got something in his eyes, but he can't uh, he can't quite get rid of it. And so he's just sort of doing that really like uh, powerful blink about every uh, three or four seconds. Are they? Can you get the sense of whether they're getting any good sleep at all, or is it just sort of passing out and then waking up again? I think it's more closing your eyes, passing out for twenty minutes, and then waking up again. Especially with you know Chad's incessant bell jingling. I think when he's sleeping, is he still also, jingling? Yeah, he's been jingling all night. Um, uh, what are they? Uh, what are they getting to eat uh, these days? I mean, the first, uh, I guess, a Monday they had pizza, which is sort of a low, you know, is setting the bar low, uh, you know, in terms of bad food. I mean, it was, you know, the Domino's provided some stuff, and you know, you see the pizza, and you're like, all right, that's great, we're going to be eating pizza. Mm-hmm. Then day two and day three uh, kick in, and then they start to uh, they start to really raise the bar in terms of in terms of what you got to ingest. What have they gotten recently? It's it's just been pizza, all pizza, three days so far. We're now getting into the third day. I had a conversation with Jessica about this a few minutes ago. Actually, I asked her, you know, how are you feeling about having to eat pizza now for a third day in a row? Because they just had um, a breakfast delivered that they didn't really touch. Not not so hungry this morning. I think the stomachs might be starting to catch up with them a little bit. Well, and you only need, I mean, if you're if you're sitting in a stationary position. I mean, even if you figure that you're going to get out of the truck a couple times, you're going to go to the bathroom, or, you know, you know, whatever, and you're going to walk around, stretch. That's only 15 minutes at a shot. You only need like a, like a 1,100 or 1,200 calories or something like that. So every calorie above that just sort of sits in your gullet and just kind of gestates inside you like some sort of caloric baby. Um, caloric baby? You know what I mean? But that's what I mean. It's like you don't need to, you're not burning any of that off. So you, you get that probably that weird bloated uh, sensation, I would think. Um, well, especially it's all like carbs too, like a lot of breads and stuff just sitting there and like become spongy inside of you. Uh, spongier. Breads uh, and cheese. Does it seem like Chad has the, the Jingle Bells thing he's been, does it seem like uh, either Katie or Jessica have a strategy? Because from here, it does, it looks like their strategy is just they're doing the rope a dope. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're just sitting there and they're just absorbing the blows and just trying to wait him out. But are they doing anything to kind of force his hand? Not really. They're just taking it like uh, like a couple of sponges, like you said. Uh, <laughs> they both have kids, so I think that really helps. That factors into what they can handle. You know what I mean? Well, that, it probably is. Uh, it, it's Children very... who miss them very, very much. That's right, Sarah, uh, who are growing up alone, motherless in a cold, cold world. It's worth noting that the person who cracked Dustin doesn't have any kids, but that the uh, the Jessica uh, and Katie have children, and I think they had some sort of filter in their head, whereas he was making the weird jangling noise. He would, you know, they were just able to uh, tune it out. I think. And he also did say last night that uh, he this came to light when they were uh, having their break just a few moments ago uh, that he would he he thinks that he was starting to get to them last night just a little bit by making uh, various vulgar grunts and groans. Vulgar grunts and groans, oh, sort, of, uh, sort of sort uh, of small murmuring noises of pleasure. Oh. You- Stop. I'm just no. I, look, I'm just saying. Well, look, I'm glad he brought this up because I was going to ask. I mean, well, maybe they're comfortable seats. Do you? Do you think there's going to be a love connection in there? 
Well, see, that's that's the you. Yeah, you're, that doesn't look like that. You're, you're, not you're this, which not two? This point. Well, let me ask you this, Sarah. If you were to uh, pick two of these contestants of the remaining who are who are going to to hook up, who would it be? If you would, like, if, if in other words, if I told you, let's say I came to you and I said, you know, there's the strangest thing that happened. Uh, looks like two of the contestants had a little. Uh, they they were a little bit of a connection, a little uh-huh. bit of a uh, maybe like a, a like a like a furtive grope. Well, I don't know. I think, who would you think it was? I think Jessica and Chad, because Chad seems to be flirting with her a little bit. You I think, think that, so? Yeah, I think that he likes her. Yeah, see, I think I, which, I, which probably sucks for his fiance because if she's watching it all, you can see the spark between them. I see. I thought it was the opposite. I thought Jessica was actually flirting with him a little bit. So maybe we're no. kind of seeing flip sides of the same thing, though. No, you mean, I can get firsthand perspective here if you like. Yes, please yes, do. Please, Chad. Yes. Have you indeed been flirting with Jessica? <laughs> I don't know. Have I? Maybe. Straight from the horse's mouth. Can you ask him what his fiance would think about that? What would your fiance think about said flirting? Um, no holds barred, man. I'm going for the win. <laughs> that doesn't. These are non-answers. Yes, is this his normal state, or is he just sort of? I mean, it's not like we're. This is not like a Noel Coward-esque uh, sort of exchange we're having here. Is uh, is this fatigue, or is he just? Uh, is is he trying to just lay low and not give anything away? Do you think? Are you fatigued, or are you laying low? Uh, right now? Right now. I, I'm just, no, I'm just last week for the <laughs> oncoming storm. <laughs> the oncoming storm of what? Craziness. Oncoming storm. All right. I think we've gotten all we're ever going to get out of Chad. I think Chad has exhausted the supply of, uh, of words. To Maybe the two ladies have a fancy for each other. Well, I was not talking about. Well, see, what I was going to ask is, see, I'm, I'm glad you sort of brought up the love connection thing, sir. I was going to say that um, presuming they make it, you know, the, the, the two, you know, a couple weeks you know, in there, might get a little lonely. Might get a little cold at night. Well, what see, if both of them draw the back seat? And I was saying, you know, uh, if, 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 what if Chad has um, certain um, uh, um, okay. uh, male needs uh, that uh, that have not been? Well, he has fifteen minutes every three hours. Instant disqualification. I believe. Well, see, that's it. Well, see, but that's. Well, we but, can't tell what's happening under those blankets. Or well, I'll see. We're in the porta john, and that's my thing. Is like because then his option. Okay, see, I don't okay, even want to think about this. Fine. But I mean, no, but I mean, look, but you know, a guy's got to do what guy's got to do. So if it's if he's not able to do that in the truck, which you you can't, because that's indecent exposure. Although I guess if he was covered with a blanket, oh, can you imagine the horror? Can you imagine being one of those girls and there's just like a weird. It's just like a weird jiggling up front and like maybe a grunt every now and again, but the blanket is over and you can't see what's going on. That is so awful. <laughs> that is so awful. I don't even know why I put that own image in my head. Maybe because I wanted to get the uh, I wanted to get the donut liquor out of there. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Art, are you going to be there uh, 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 for a bit? Because we're going to have Dustin in here, and I want to know. We're going to see what Dustin's observations about the remaining contestants are, and see what his advice to the three still on the truck is. I'd like to to, to make sure that they hear this, so we can uh, you know, so we can see how right on the money he is about this. Yeah, we can do that. Excellent. All right. Straight ahead, we will talk to Dustin, who was the first person out of the truck yesterday. Also, Al Jean, uh, executive producer for The Simpsons, is going to join us as well. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show, live from Portland on Rock 101 KUFO. Rock 101 KUFO, survive it and drive it. From Dick Hanna Dodge and the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Who will win a Dodge Ram truck? Thanks to Domino's, Lazy Boy Furniture, Jackson's Food Stores, and 7-Up. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. There you go. That's just for you. That's Are you going to say uh, what you found out during the break? It's a little donut uh, uh, licking sound just for Tim. No, I'm, I'm not. I will simply say this, that um, Tim's observations uh, earlier about the street teamer that was 
eating melted donuts and shoveling broken chips into his mouth, then licking every one of his fingers clean as a newborn infant. In front of everyone, as if, look at me, lick my fingers, and make as much noise as I can. La, la, la. Hold I on. Was raised in a barn. Maybe can we can get tell? him to do <laughs> Hold on, I missed something in the crevasse between my pointer and middle finger. Oh, all right. Maybe well, we can get him to do that in front of the truck and get those guys out of there. Oh, God, can you imagine? It's too bad we can't just force their eyes open clockwork orange. See, now we're all turning into fat boy. We're just becoming angry about everything. Seriously, I thought he was mean yesterday, but now I'm getting annoyed. Get <laughs> out of the car. <laughs> it's all becoming so clear to me now. Get out of the car. He saw yesterday what we are only beginning to see today. Hey, incidentally, um, I found this... Uh, in a drawer, I thought it was lost or you know taken home somewhere. It was a huge drawer. It was a drawer. It was behind <laughs> it's some the size of a Volkswagen. I swear to God, it was a, it was a, the office. It was the room where Richie Bristol used to work. And I swear That's to God, that's where I was going to check. I thought you looked there. It was. Be- I should have known. It was behind a feather boa. Uh, Who also knows what's in that drawer? Here, here's what I found: the bullhorn that I thought I had lost. Oh, and Rick and uh, and uh, Greg and I are going to be there today, guys, and we are in bad moods, yeah. and so, we are bringing this with us. Uh, the, the temptation to use this for the rest of the show is overwhelming, uh, you know, or just to you know to summon anybody to do anything for I me. Think, I think Greg and I should have a rule that we can't speak unless we're speaking into that well, this and, afternoon. And the best part is there's another one out there, too, so we can each have one. Oh, right. you can sort of a tag team kind of a thing. Yes, we'll make sure the windows are down. We can stand on either side and have a very loud, annoying conversation. Rick, you've got to play the best part out of it, too. Oh, yeah. Everybody and sh- uh, get ready to listen to this this afternoon, guys. Shield your ears, by the way. This is loud. So I'm there sure you the go. morning show next Get door appreciates that. that. There is, there are Get no used words. To it, that's coming for you. Yeah, yeah. I cannot even begin to explain how loud that is. By the way, pressure wash you. <laughs> At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning for the KUFO News. Area, you pressure wash them, there'll be nothing left. <laughs> no, that's true. Just uh, eyeglasses and shoes. Flesh hanging in the trees. <laughs> High temperatures today. The worst thing you've ever said. Degrees. Oh, you should have been there yesterday. Oh, I'm God. seeing some worse things. Uh, okay, in all seriousness, the Oregon Zoo has said goodbye to Charlie the Chimp and a tearful farewell. 200 friends of the deceased primate were on hand as the Chatta Addy Drum and Dance Group pounded out its favorite African jungle rhythms. Charlie unselfishly entertained at the zoo for free. For 37 of his 39 years, he... Dropped dead unexpectedly last week. Clark College has hit a new record with 15,000 registering for classes. That's a 23% jump over last fall's enrollment. The semester begins next Monday and there's still time to enroll. Clark County is suffering an unemployment rate even worse than the one we have here in Portland. So if you're watching uh, the television today, do not be surprised if you see this uh, promo play over and over and over again. Former child star Mackenzie Phillips. My father shot me up for the first time. Mick Jagger locks the door and he says, I've been waiting for this since you were 10 years old. (laughs) And the explosive family secret she says she's kept for 31 years. Let's get to the secret that you have been keeping. Wow. The first interview. So that so is it only the, takes one. That's the promo for uh, for Oprah. 
Um, and I like Tim's promo better with the zest for incest. I, I cannot believe. Do you have the actual story in front of you, Tim? Because yes, I, I do. do. I'll read the quote. Um, I'd like to hear it. So yeah, and, and I've got some other. Uh, I've got some other things from this uh, Mackenzie Phillips story. And so those of you who uh, may not know where you know you can't place the name Mackenzie Phillips. She was on the sitcom One Day at a Time, which is a huge deal back in the seventies. Uh, and then she made a series of made-for-TV movies, sort of you know Sarah's kind of lifetime films. That's where I know her from. Um, and then you know, and then just sort of became famous as being strong out and the sort of uh, well her eyeballs are hanging out of the socket every day gonna, that, there's something wrong she's here. sort of grisly looking yeah, at this she point. has junky face all right tim go ahead and roll I the wish had some appropriate music for this but i'm not sure what oh wait wait no no hold on oh, hold on no. i've uh no 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 you know what it is it, i think we're going to retire this for the food porn bed so i'm going to go ahead and uh we'll go ahead and so i'll do my best mckinsey phillips here on the eve of my wedding my father showed up determined to stop it i had tons of pills and Dad has tons of everything, too. Eventually, I passed out on Dad's bed. My father was not a man with boundaries. He was full of love. And he was sick with drugs. I woke up that night from a blackout to find myself having sex with my own father. Ugh. Do not want. Had this happened before? I don't know. All I can say, it was the first time I was aware of it. One night, Dad said, quote, we could just run away to a country where no one would look down on us. There are countries where this is an acceptable practice. Maybe Fiji? He was completely delusional. No, I thought. No, we're going to hell for this. Sounds like John Phillips wouldn't be the one uh, looking down on her. By the way, there's... The, the, <laughs> here's, a, here's a terrible phrase. Phillips says she went to rehab and toured with her father as part of the new Mamas and the Papas. Wait for it. Attention, Sarah Dillon. It was at that time, she writes, her sexual relationship with her father became consensual. It's been a very special news installment here on the Rick Emerson radio program. Straight ahead, Al Jean, executive producer for The Simpsons. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show. You're a piece of crap. I'm going to use you as a footstool while I read a book. On Rock 101 It's always a real special moment when that soundbite can play uh, immediately before a guest comes on the show. I know. So they, I, I feel really awesome. They know exactly the cerebral heft that this uh, program is known for. Thank you. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up here in just a short while, we have more news from Tim Riley. Plus, we'll talk to Dustin. Uh, he's the first guy to sort of pull the ripcord in the Survive It and Drive It contest uh, that is going on right now at Dick Hanna Dodge, the corner of Auto, uh, uh, Auto Mall Drive and uh, Fourth Plane in Vancouver. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the showrunner and executive producer for The Simpsons. The season premiere of The Simpsons is Sunday, September 27th on Fox. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Mr. Al Jean. Hello, sir. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. I have to ask this question right out of the gate because it's the one that probably every uh, writer, every aspiring writer, every creative person wants to know. How did you come to be involved with The Simpsons, which is such a, such a masterwork of American comedy? How did that come together for you? Well, um, I was working on the Gary Shandling show uh, with Sam Simon, who was uh, uh, hired by Jim Brooks and Matt Groening to develop the Simpsons shorts into a regular series, and he hired me as one of the first writers to, to work on the show. And it was just really a case of being in the right place at the right time. Uh, a lot of people who um, I knew weren't sure they wanted the job because it was only two days a week then, and it was animated, and 
uh, I thought it would at least be a good show because of Sam and Jim and Matt's involvement and um, here I am 20 years later. So you were there sort of at the early crafting of the, the figurative voices for the characters. When you are writing an episode, because you've written and co-written uh, a great number of episodes over the years, what character's figurative voice is the hardest to write in for The Simpsons? Well, definitely uh, you have those voices in your head and you're pitching, you know, when you do a poo, you pitch him like that, and you know. Uh, but uh, Bart is a little hard because you, you're always, the tendency is always to write him you know, more mature than he is and to give him lines that you wouldn't really say. And, you know, I'm always thinking, you know, what would a wise-ass 10-year-old boy really say right. in this situation? Um, this season premiere of The Simpsons is coming up Sunday, September 27th. Tell us uh, a little bit about uh, this episode and what, uh, what transpires within, sir. Well, uh, it's co-written by Seth Rogen, and the premise is the comic book guy creates a comic uh, called Everyman, whose hero can get the power of any comic book he touches. And it becomes a movie comic book guy has casting approval. So Homer is cast at the, as the lead because he's such an everyman. And then uh, Homer's weight fluctuates unbelievably throughout the production of the movie. So he's fat, and then he's thin, and then doesn't hook up, and he's eating a sandwich when he's flying through the air. And so it's basically a disaster. We're talking to uh, Al Jean, executive producer for The Simpsons. So Seth Rogen, he co-wrote this episode, so maybe this is not uh, the best example of this, but The Simpsons has become known for having so many great guest stars and cameos. With animation, though, there's such uh, an extended period of time it takes to create the episode. How does that work? In other words, there's the casting, the recording, the animation. Do they all have to come together at once? And what happens if a star sort of backs out or can't do it once things are you know, in progress? Well, we, t- we try to write guest star parts that aren't specific to the person, so that if it's somebody playing themselves, it's a cameo, but it doesn't affect the production of the show. And if it's just a character, then it could be played by one of several people. For example, we just recorded uh, Sasha Baron Cohen as an angry Israeli tour guide for a, um, an episode where the Simpsons go to the Holy Land and basically uh, they get everybody mad at them and unite the, all the faiths in anger at the Simpsons. As serving as the executive producer, you were just talking about this, overseeing the the production of uh, you know the the, uh, the evolution of the show's characters and also coordinating things like guest appearances. I have to ask a TV nerd question, which is: it lists you as executive producer, and then there's this term that I hear sometimes called showrunner, and I've always wondered what that sort of means. What does it mean when you see somebody identified as a showrunner? Well, basically, if something goes wrong, it's my fault. It's uh, I'm in charge of everything: the writing, the directors, the uh, editing, the music sound effects, you know, basically budget all goes through me, and, um, you know, it's, it's a small operation, but it's like being the CEO of the show. It's a, he, he whose ass is upon the line, yeah. uh, as they say. Al Jean, uh, executive producer and showrunner for The Simpsons, you uh, were now working, obviously, on and, and, and sort of coordinating what many people hold it to be the definitive American comedy of this, of this period. Um, what do you hold up when you look back and the things that struck you as hilarious or as funny, what do you hold up as the definitive comedy, whether it's television, movies, whatever? What's the gold standard to you? Uh, well, I would say in terms of sitcoms, it was the Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh, in terms of sketch comedy, I would say it was Monty Python. And um, SCTV would get an honorable mention there. I think that th- those were the ones growing up that I just thought were brilliant. And you just would go, how do they, how do they you know, maintain that consistency and um, uh, you know, just just have every episode be unbelievably good. Was it the was it the textured nature of the writing of those shows that appealed to you? The fact that it operated on different levels simultaneously, or was it just that it was so audacious? What was what was it that struck you about well, those shows? Two, 
I give you two things. The Mary Tyler Moore show, it wasn't just that it was funny, although it certainly was, but it was that there was this incredible warmth that just when you'd hear that theme music, you were just, it was almost like a antidepressant. It was so so powerful. And then um, with uh, uh, Monty Python, their brilliant method of, of not having beginnings and ends to everything so that it was just one seamless flow of, of ideas, uh, you know, it was really unprecedented, at least as far as I had seen. Al Jean is the executive producer of The Simpsons. The season premiere is Sunday, September 27th. Uh, it's co-written and guest voiced by Seth Rogen. Uh, well, my friend, I think I speak uh, on behalf of, especially here in Portland, is the whole generation, a whole world of people who love The Simpsons. And I want to thank you for being part of something that is uh, is just such a such a masterpiece, really, not just in American writing, but in writing, period. So best of continued success in life, art, and all things, my friend. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. There you go. That is Al Jean. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the executive producer and showrunner uh, for The Simpsons. So there you go. Very cool. Very shiny indeed. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Don't forget, at some point between now and 9 a.m., you're going to hear the dulcet uh, tones of Paul Stanley. And when you do, you be caller 10 at 503-228-4101. You win yourself a pair of tickets to see KISS as the KISS Alive 35 tour comes to the Rose Garden November 17th. Tickets go on sale this Saturday, 10 a.m., but you will win a pair before you can buy them. So when you hear Paul Stanley... You be caller 10. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Coming up next, we have news from Tim Riley and Dustin. First man out in Survive It and Drive It. You stay there. It is uh, Wednesday morning. The Rick Emerson Show continues. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Welcome back to the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. I'm so glad I found this. I okay. thought it was lost forever. You've got to put the bullhorn down. Oh, God, that's loud. I like the new audio processing we're using. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking to you through the Optimod 800. What a radio humor there. Oh, we are going to torture those bastards today. That's the thing. See, it doesn't matter. If you, that's true. I'm, I'm glad that it hurt, actually, because that means it's just going to be that much sweeter. That sounded kind of... Uh... Kind of hot and evil. You know what you sounded like just there? You sounded like what I imagine your dominatrix friends uh, sound like. Like, you know, like if like if they ruin her dry cleaning or something. Doesn't matter. She goes to work and just beats a guy's ass like there's Maybe no tomorrow. Maybe I should see if my dominatrix friend <gasps> come with me and belittle awesome. them. That is fantastic. Yes. And she can give them the full, uh, like, she can give them the Arlie you know Army. Chad uh, to be spanked. What do you mean by that, Sarah? I don't know. I don't trust what he's doing under that blanket. Well, he does it. Well, okay. I just got this this email. I don't know what this even means. It says, WTF, did Chad just urinate into a bottle? Did he? I, I'm not the keeper of Chad's urine, so I don't, I don't really know. Uh, Are there people who can tell such things? We should make I, him, because he's holding a bottle, we should make him drink whatever's I in that bottle uh, right now. I don't think that would have gone unnoticed. I think if he'd whizzed into a bottle, that somebody would have seen that. I, I'm speaking clinically. I, it's a thing that somebody Tell would have must. We're from Homeland Security. You should totally get uh, your dominator <laughs> no, trying to come out and give... I, I'm calling her after the like show. Like the full metal jacket treatment. You know, I'll see or, if she can come out today with Greg and I. Just Yeah, just a constant stream of berating and insults. That'd oh, be heard, awesome. I've heard her berate. She does a very They're good job Taking people it. over their knee inside the truck. That's right. Uh, Tim Riley's tracking the following stories on your Wednesday morning. Get ready for more record-breaking temperatures today as we get ever so closer to 90 degrees. A stuntman at a low-budget film continues to recover from his burns in a stunt that went oh so bad. And police say a Washington man molested 100 at a Washington pool. 
100? 100, not at the same time. Was he trying to set a record of some kind? He has. Well, okay. Uh, By the way, Greg has uh, contributed his most annoying sound ever. We are attempting to find the most annoying sound in the world. Here's Greg Nibbler's uh, submission. What is this? Is this a a fan belt? Yeah, like a screeching fan belt. All right, this is the sound of a screeching... uh, uh, I'm sorry, that's the radial song. Yeah, that actually doesn't want to... uh, That doesn't want to play so much as it wants to... uh, Of course it doesn't. Wants to uh, not play at all. Wait, there we go. Oh, that's a bad sound. Are you sure that's not the sound of an alien death ray of some kind? Yeah, well, that could be. Greetings, people of Earth! All right. <laughs> yeah, but imagine that looped for about 15 minutes. I don't have to imagine. I suspect I'll hear it later on today to survive it and drive it. Let's, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Let's uh, let's go out there for an update. It is that time once again. Rock 101 KUFO's Survive It and Drive It Update. Live from Decana Dodge in the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. This is my new favorite toy, this fan belt. I'm just going to do this for the remainder of the show. Rick? Uh, our good... Sorry. Sounds like a flying paper plate from Ned Wood movie. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, people of Earth. We have come to vaporize you all. Art Webb is uh, on location at uh, Dick Hanna's uh, Dodge out there with the... the, the I mean... The, to say that, that the truck has become sort of a wasteland at this point is really to do a disservice to wastelands. What is the general read on, on uh, the stench, the trash level, and the uh, mood of the contestants right now, Art? Well, the truck smells sour. It's just sour and rancid, and it, le- it kind of leaves a lingering in the back of your throat. You know what I mean? Is it sour like a uh, like an old dairy product kind of sour, or sour like exactly. uh, that, what that John Wayne the- Gacy's Crawl Space kind of sound, uh, it smelled like uh, sour? No, dairy. Bad dairy would be the best, uh, best way. Because, oh, I mean, it's a bunch of cheese in here, and it's all... These pizza boxes are so greasy. When you really look at them, it's just... They've gone from that white color that when they're delivered to your house, hot and fresh, to that now grayish... Clear, the kind of. Are faded. Yeah, and it's just grease everywhere. They've and got them all stacked up on the dash, and it's just... Uh. And the grease is probably congealing at this point, right? It's become sort of a, sort of a thick, pasty grease. Yeah, the two-day-old stuff is really starting to... Uh, it's no good. Oh, and especially in 90-degree weather. Oh, that can't be smelling good. Uh, I have to ask you, we got an email. Somebody said, WTF, did Chad just pee into a water bottle? <laughs> what the, did, he that, did he pee? I, I said, where did that come from? I don't know. We just, this He's is holding right. a bottle that looks like apple juice. I'm watching him right now. Make him drink some of it. Oh, that's uh, good, good for you. Well done. It's part of a Homeland Security precaution. Don't sniff the bottle. You don't want to do that. You should bottle. just make him drink it. Make him drink it. There's no liquid in there. That's just bells inside of that. No, because I, I saw him holding a plastic bo- Make bottle. Make him drink the bells. Bring the bottle out. <laughs> get him in that bottle out. We need to that. We're going to need you to but chew one of these the... bells up. I'm sorry. It's brown. What is, what's the brown? I, I, I have no idea where that came from. Wait, was he holding it, Sarah? He was holding it. I saw him holding it. He was holding it and playing with it. Like... It's like the finish that was on the bells. Oh, that's disgusting. Well, I don't understand. Is it a, is it liquid? What's going it on here? It looked like a liquid, like plastic bottle full of apple juice or something that he was. Oh, holding. maybe the paint came off his bells because he shook them too vigorously. Okay, so I'm unclear. I is there a bottle of brown liquid there? There, the bottle is empty. It just has the bells in it, but it looks like there's liquid in it because it's. Oh, I so see. Okay, so it's an illusion. All right, so okay. it's, a, it's a trick of the light. All right, okay. I was yes. was thinking we were going to have the best slash worst moment uh, in the history of everything uh, just now. So, all right. Uh, so without further ado, that was uh, Art Webb. Art. Thank you so much, my friend. That is Art Webb. He's uh, on site at Survive It and Drive It, which is taking place until there is no one left. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show the first man out, Dustin. So. Dustin, first of all, um, you pulled the ripcord yesterday. I was about twenty-four hours ago, about eleven o'clock yesterday morning. What was the the thing that put you over the line? What was what was the breaking point for you? I just kind of thought there for a second. I was like, I'm already annoyed. I wonder what a week would feel like. And I was like, it's not even worth it. You were looking down the road. Yeah, I was like, 
is it really worth being in there for a week and then having to suffer that long and then get out? When okay, you say so you were annoyed. Most, yeah, yeah. Who's the most annoying person? Chad. <laughs> like in life or just because he was making so much oh, noise? I, well, I think he just had a game plan, so it worked well. <laughs> Do you get the sense that he's annoying, uh, yeah, just his day-to-day existence as a person? I, he probably is. Yeah, I mean, that would be my, that's my theory. I, he's th- had a lot of practice. <laughs> <laughs> so he's method acting. It really is a thing that uh, just comes naturally to him. I have to ask you this question. Is there somebody in that truck that really smells worse than the other people? You know, I didn't really smell anybody so bad, you know? But at first day in, so maybe they hadn't, the, the funk had not yet begun to emanate. Yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, do you get the sense that the truck itself is probably going to reek after, you know, probably three, four, five, six days? Yeah. I mean, because... It's not already. Well, the food... Well, is... they can't shower. I mean, just like they're oh, sweating. They don't have air conditioner. They're marinating in the sun, eating fried cheese. Like Marinating in the sun. Oh, that's not going to smell good. By the way, we did get an email, though, from somebody yesterday that says that they heard Jessica remarking... Uh, I'm sorry, not Jessica. I keep doing that. Katie remarking, quote, she said that she had some baby wipes, because they'd offer her a napkin, after, I think, after, after eating. And she said, no, 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 I've got baby wipes. I've been wiping down my hands and my face... And my feminine area. And that's not really anything you want to be, uh, that's not anything you want to be thinking about. That's a, that's a, that's an unpleasant image. But I mean, I guess the alternative though is just to sit there and reek, right? I mean, yeah, like I if mean, you got your underarms or your whatever. That, that would need to be done, but it doesn't need to be discussed. No, I mean, but it's like, I mean, like probably, that's, that's your private bathroom time. I mean, the, the guys are nervous. Like you get like a, you know, as, as Nibbler puts it, you get swamp ass or like, you know, like that inner thigh sweat and that's no good. And it just, oh. it's, it just turns all rank. Um, speaking of Katie, so was there, was there much going on in the way of, uh, her justifying, uh, her, uh, racial comment of last week? Did you guys get to hear more about that than you ever wanted to? Um, actually she was just like constantly, I have friends, I have, I, I know people and, and she's like trying to justify it just that she, when, when, she when you have, this is the, I have many black friends. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. You have to say what, what happened. I I probably shouldn't. Okay. I I probably shouldn't. I that's uh, no. <laughs> we'll, I we'll tell you after. Yeah, there's we, I just because I, there's all there's there's a bunch of other stuff I want to get to here, and yeah. I got a long list of of things. Um, does it appear to you that Chad is checking Jessica out in some way? That he's given her the uh the, the serious uh, the serious the hard hard stare. You know that he's given her the you know the once over and the twice over. Else. No, no. I mean, but it does look like he's you know kind of looking her up and down. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, that so is sort do you of the think, vibe how committed do you think he is to his fiance? Because your lovely fiance is here. She's beautiful. She's nice. Uh, Chad doesn't seem to be respecting his fiance very much. No, no. Has she come to visit him? I, I no, not when really? I was there. Yeah, she was not there at all. So. Love on the rocks. It's, interesting. I thought that was kind of interesting. Maybe she's seeing what we see. Uh, maybe that's uh, yeah, maybe what, another that guy. Is, that is, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wow. <laughs> Wow. Well done, Sarah Dillon. Thank you. I'm getting ready for today. Speaking of fiancés, so Dustin's uh, lovely fiancé, Allie, is here. Hello, Allie. How are Hi. you today? Good. How w- nervous were you going into this thing? Did you feel like it was probably going to be a thing that uh, he either was out right away or he made it all the way to the end? Did you, If you'd guessed going in how this was going to turn out, what did you think? Oh, I thought he'd make it all the way. Now, do you, uh, from your perspective, are you disappointed or do you, seeing now what they're going through, do you kind of understand oh. why he why he bailed out? understand i was listening all day and uh the bells weren't so bad but i i imagine the clicking was worse in the car were you worried about him being in the vehicle with the in close quarters with two women 24 hours a day oh. often covered in a blanket not at all not at all you no. it's not a thing now what about chad when you look at chad does he seem like the type who might uh you know maybe uh maybe decide to make the best of it while he's there any port in a storm i don't know after his comments uh that was Dustin. I wouldn't be so happy. I so, what was what, what, what comments? comments? Well, uh, he was just on the air and said 
that he might have been flirting. He didn't really have a Oh, that's right. He's a, he, didn't, he didn't say no. That's yeah. a fair point. He didn't really say no. Um, that's an interesting thing for him to say, actually, because you think that, you know, even if it was a strategy, he wouldn't say that, but he would... You know, he might say, oh, no, 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 but, uh, but Katie's flirting with me because she's married. I- I'm mm-hmm. thinking that Chad's strategy goes as deep as his bell jingling, you know? Because, I mean, honestly, if that's his strategy, I don't really think of him concocting some mad scheme inside that big brain of his. Uh, final uh, question for you, Dustin. Um, you, I think at one point, the best part, by the way, was when you when you walked out yesterday, Susan Reynolds came by, she's like, how's what are you doing? She said that she could see it in your eyes, that, like, the decision had been made. You had, you had already, you were in, you know, in, in here, in your soul, you were already out. And that you got out of the truck, and I think as you were leaving, Chad said, nice to meet you, and you just went, screw you, on the way, which was awesome. <laughs> um, for the three remaining contestants in the truck, Survive It and Drive It, do you have uh, advice, strategy? What would you suggest to the people inside for how to, how to get through this? Um... Try to figure out how to get Chad out. <laughs> do, you think he, do you think he's the strongest competitor in right now? I mean, just leaving personal issues aside, do you think he's yeah, you think the, like, the favorite? Actually, I think uh, Jessica's going to win because she actually kind of needs the car. She doesn't have a car and has a kid, so I kind of feel for her, you know? So she's got strong financial motivation. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. She has what Tony Robbins would call external leverage. <laughs> so there's something uh, kind of pressing on her to win this. Yeah. All right, excellent. Dustin, Allie, thank you guys so much. And Dustin, uh, I mean, th- th- congratulations on making it that far, for being part of it, and for spending some time with us today. We thank and, you. And we just want to personally thank you for getting out of the truck. Sure, yeah. Three to go. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and really, and I think I speak for Fat Boy on that at least, too. And I say thank you, yeah, sir. Thank you, Fat Boy, for the... Uh, uh, the the, um, Encouragement? Yes, that's, yes. That's it. yes. He's a ray of black sunshine. I, I wonder if Susan Reynolds is going to send them all on tour at the conclusion of this. I. It, it seems that. Yeah. I mean, we're going to kind of get those folks in here one at a time as they Theater as they the bail class. out. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what everybody's reactions are. All right, Dustin and Allie, thank you guys so much. Uh, are we doing? Are we bring here or are we? Are we, are we I have no idea. It's the end of the show. I've completely lost. I guess there's a clock. I am so delirious today, and I don't have any excuse. I haven't been sitting in a truck. Um, all right. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Make a note of it, because we are back in uh, 20 hours, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Back uh, tomorrow morning, 5 a.m. Is that 20 hours or 21? God, I don't even know. I don't 20... know what day today is. I have no idea. You know, there's something in the air. I think there's a radon leak or something <laughs> in the studio. Uh, it's 503-228-4101, but make a note of that because we are going to be talking about this all day long. Buzz will be in next. It smells like the 90s. Uh, and then 3 to 7 this afternoon, Court and Fatboy will be here. Now, you and Greg are going to be out there today, oh, yes, right? Yes, we will. So, Sarah Dillon, Greg Nibbler. Uh, With a vengeance, too. In full effect and angry. That's right. Did, are you going to do, are you going to actually do that thing you were discussing where yes. you, uh, you oh, have yeah. the script and the bullhorns and you are acting out, uh, something in particular? Yes. And I'm going to be looking into their profiles again, uh, after we get off the air to make sure uh, to isolate each individual thing that might looking specifically... Looking for weak spots. Oh, yeah. I, have, I have copies of all of them. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Sweep oh, the leg. <laughs> yes. That's what you got to do. All right, we want to thank CNN Radio uh, uh, correspondent Lisa Desjardins, uh, who we spoke to earlier, but uh, who is not able to uh, to join today's uh, program. We had some logistic issues there. We want to thank Ryan White from The Oregonian. Also, Al Jean, executive producer from The Simpsons, and uh, Survivor and Drive It contestant Dustin and his uh, lovely fiance Allie. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget, KUFO's uh, half-off sale continues this week, Friday at 9 a.m. If if you need eyewear for sports, you get the most advanced selection, specific gear for your sport, at a site for Sport Eyes. They're in uh, uh, Lake Oswego on State Street. On Friday, you can buy a $50 gift certificate for just $25. The perfect sunglasses are prescription eyewear for your sport. A $50 certificate for just $25. But you can win one of those right now if you're a caller 10 at 503-228-4101. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler, the front desk gatekeepers. Dave Zinn, the webmistress. Bridget from upstairs. Alpha Broadcasting Marketing Guru Susan Donoff with me, Reynolds, Executive Producer Christopher J. Paddock. My name is Rick Emerson. It is Wednesday, September 23rd, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, as always, thank you for listening.
Watch out for snakes. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.